Live. Weeds in his soil. When it came time for harvest, the weeds popped up with the wheat. He thought, where did this come from? I didn't sow these seeds. Anytime you're doing the right thing, honoring God, being productive, helping others, don't be surprised if you find some weeds among your wheat. Like this farmer, doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. We think, I've been loyal to this company for 20 years. How could they treat me badly? I raised my child right. Now he's veering off course. I just don't understand it. Those are simply weeds that the enemy has sown into your field. The good news is those weeds cannot keep you from your destiny. If that trouble was going to stop God's plan, he would have never permitted it. What I've learned is the weeds always pop up right before the harvest. Your business slows down. A child acts up. You have trouble in a relationship. Don't panic. You are close to your breakthrough. Your harvest is about to come. That's why the weeds are popping up. Instead of falling apart, God, why did this happen? No, our attitude should be, it's no big deal. It's just another weed. I didn't sow it. I don't have to reap it. God said he would take care of it for me. If for some reason you were to lose your job, don't panic. That's just a weed popping up. You stay in faith, and God will give you a better job. If the medical report is negative, don't get discouraged. See that sickness as a weed. It cannot stop you. You're a child of the Most High God. You have the most powerful force in the universe breathing in your direction. Maybe somebody walked out of a relationship, did you wrong, caused you a lot of pain. Next time you see them, under your breath, just say, Hello, weed. You don't need them to become who God's created you to be. I didn't say say it to their face now. This parable ends with the workers asking the farmer, should we go pull up the weeds? He said, no, just wait. And at the right time, they will be destroyed. God is saying that to us, the weeds that pop up, the unexpected challenges, the sickness, the trouble at work. You don't have to fight those battles. Don't spend all your life trying to pull up the weeds. You can't fix everything in your own strength. And if you're constantly trying to straighten this person out, fix this problem, make this situation resolve, you'll be frustrated. The scripture says, those who have believed enter into rest. At some point, you've got to say, God, I'm trusting you to take care of my weeds. You keep honoring God, being your best. And God will move the wrong people out of the way. God will restore what's been stolen. God will straighten out the situation at work, at home, for you. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Be still and know that he is God. See, we shouldn't always be wrought up, uptight, worried, frustrated, trying to fix this, rebuking, resisting. A mature attitude says, hey, everything's not perfect in my life. I have some struggles, some situations I wish were different. But can I tell you, all is well. I'm at peace. I'm not worried. I know at the right time, God will take care of my weeds. Until then, I'm going to relax and enjoy my life. But too often, we're frustrated by the difficulties. We have to realize we can't have a harvest without a few weeds. 
David would have never made it to the throne without Goliath, a big weed. We would have never acquired this beautiful facility without a a three-and-a-half-year lawsuit. There will be weeds in all of our lives. We're not always going to understand where they came from, why it happened. Don't get discouraged. Just keep moving forward knowing that all is well, and God promises He will take care of your weeds. I know a young couple, for 10 years, they had been saving up to buy their first house. They were so excited. At one point, everything came together. They found the house they wanted. They had the funds. But on the day they were to sign the closing papers, the young lady was at the realtor's office finalizing the details when she got a phone call from her husband saying that he had just lost his job. He'd been with this company for six years, Always had a great attitude, did his best, but his supervisor didn't like him. For years, treated him unfairly. What was that? A weed. Just before the harvest came, that weed popped up. And they could have been discouraged. God, I can't believe this happened. No, they had this same attitude. All is well. God, we don't understand it, but it's not a surprise to you. When he wasn't interviewing for another job, he'd come up to Lakewood and volunteer. Week after week, didn't look like anything was happening. But when you see those weeds popping up, those unexpected challenges, you're doing the right thing, but the wrong thing is happening, that's a sign that your harvest is getting closer. Five months later, he got a call from his old company. Hadn't spoken to them since he was let go. An executive from the headquarters informed him they had fired his old supervisor and put a new management team in place and wanted him to come back. They not only offered him his same position, but they restored all of his benefits, all of his seniority, all of his retirement. They went back and checked on the house they wanted to buy. It was still there, just like it had been waiting on them. Today, he's not only excelling in his career, but they're living in that house of their dreams, as happy as can be. God knows how to get rid of the weeds in your life. Ladies, quit looking at your husband. That man is not a weed. In 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha prophesied to a lady that she would have a baby. She had been barren her whole life. Sure enough, the next year, she had a son. She was thrilled. When the boy was about 10 years old, he was out in the field playing. His head began to hurt. They carried him to his house where he later died in his mother's arms. You can imagine how heartbroken, distraught this woman must have been. After waiting all these years, now her only son is gone. She got on a horse and took off full speed toward Elisha's house at Mount Carmel. Elisha saw her coming from a great distance, the dust billowing in the air. He was concerned. He said to his assistant, Gehazi, go check with the woman and see if something is wrong. He jumped on his horse, Gehazi did, and cut the woman off at the path and said, Ma'am, let me ask you, Elisha is concerned. Is anything wrong? Without hesitating, she said, No, all is well. Kept going full speed toward Elisha's house. Gehazi thought, that doesn't make sense. Caught back up to her a second time. Ma'am, let me ask one more time. Is everything okay at your house? She said, yes, all is well. Is everything okay with your husband? Yes, all is well. Then he asked, is everything okay with your son? She said it again. 
all is well. Well, Joel, I'm not going to lie. If it's not well, I'm not going to say that it is well. But really, this is what faith is all about. The scripture says you have to call things that are not as if they already were. When the situation doesn't look good, you don't see how you could accomplish a dream. Your child's off course. Every voice says, it's not going to happen. It's too late. Just accept it. But you dig your heels in and say like this woman, all is well. That's not just being positive. You are prophesying your future. You are speaking faith into your future. Don't use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to change your situation. It's easy to talk about the problem, how it's not going to work out. Well, I just believe in telling it like it is. My back's been hurting for 13 years. I'll never get better. Had this addiction since high school. I'll never break it. That's prophesying defeat. Why don't you do like this lady? In spite of the difficulties, you don't see any sign of it changing. Dare to say, all is well. You lost a loved one. You shouldn't be depressed. No, all is well. God's still on the throne. You didn't get the promotion. Your friend says it's not right. You deserved it. Don't join in. Yeah, I can't stand my boss. No, all is well. Something better is coming. The medical report wasn't good. Yes, but God is good. All is well. You've been in a drought. Hadn't had a good break in a long time. Yes, but I'm not worried. I know the abundance of rain is coming. All is well in my life. This lady finally got to Elisha's house. and She told him that her son had died. Elisha got on his horse, went to her home, prayed for the little boy, and he came back to life. A great miracle. But I don't believe this would have happened if she would have sat around in self-pity, discouraged, God, it's not fair. It happened because she believed all is well before she saw any sign of it being well. You may be in a situation right now that is not well. It is not well with your health. It is not well in your finances. Or maybe it's not well in a relationship. You have a choice. You can accept it, get discouraged, complain, or you can do like this lady. In spite of what it looks like, in spite of what your mind is telling you, in spite of the negative reports, you can dare to say, all is well. This is what Paul and Silas did in the scripture. They were in prison. They'd just been beaten with rods, hadn't done anything wrong. But at midnight, they were singing praises to God. They were saying, we're not distraught, we're not upset, all is well. About that time, there was a great earthquake. The prison doors flung open. Chains fell off their feet. They walked out as free men. Job went through a season of great trouble. Lost his health, his business. Everything went wrong, but Job didn't get bitter. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He was saying, if it goes my way or doesn't go my way, all is well. Here's the key. If you have to have everything happen your way in order to be happy, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. A mature attitude is, all is well if my prayers get answered, and all is well if they don't get answered. All is well if people are good to me, and all is well if they're not good to me. You're not moved by the circumstances. That takes away the enemy's power. When you don't have to have your way, he can't control you. You're saying, God, 
My life is in your hands. You know what's best for me. Daniel did this. He was about to be thrown into a den of hungry lions. His attitude was, if I get eaten by these lions, I'll go to be with the Lord today. All is well. If not, I'll stay here and finish my course. All is well. The next morning, the guards came to check on him. I can imagine Daniel lying there in the den of lions, asleep, at peace, at rest. He knew the enemy doesn't determine our destiny. God determines our destiny. And when you have this all-is-well attitude, you're not moved by the weeds. You're not upset because of a disappointment. You don't lose sleep because somebody did you wrong. You don't live sour because your prayers didn't get answered your way. You know God is still on the throne, and He will get you to where you're supposed to be. I read a story about a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He was a wealthy businessman that lived back in the 1800s. One night, his wife and four daughters were on a ship crossing the Atlantic. They collided with another ship, and all four of his daughters were killed. His wife sent him a telegram with the terrible news. A few weeks later, Mr. Spafford was traveling across the Atlantic to meet his wife. At one point, the captain of the ship informed him they were at the exact place where his four daughters had lost their lives. He took out a pen and wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. No matter what comes our way, we need to be able to say with him, it is well with my soul. Life may have thrown me a few curves, but it is well with my soul. All my dreams haven't come to pass yet, but it is well. Went through a divorce, I'm not bitter. It is well. Lost a loved one, don't understand it, but it is well with my soul. Fifteen years ago, Thursday, my father went to be with the Lord. I received a call from my mother that night. Joel, come over quick. Daddy's had a heart attack. He died the next day. It seemed like everything was out of control. We didn't know what was going to happen to the church. Would people keep coming? Who would the pastor be? There were all these variables. In the midst of that storm, the waves seemed so big. The winds were howling. We could have gotten discouraged, depressed, but really, we did what I'm asking you to do. We said by faith, all is well. And sometimes you have to announce it, not only so you can hear it, not only so God can hear it, but so the enemy can hear it. He's expecting you to fall apart, get depressed, give up on your dreams. But when you look that adversity in the eye and you're not moved by it, you've still got a report of victory. You've still got a smile on your face. You're still being good to people. That gives him a nervous breakdown. He hits you with his best shot, but his best was not enough. He doesn't have the final say. God has the final say. And God has not brought you this far to leave you. You've seen God's goodness, mercy, favor in the past. You're going to see it again in the future. When it's all said and done, you'll still be standing strong. Now, you've got to do your part and speak victory into your future. If you don't talk to yourself the right way, negative thoughts will try to talk you out of it. The what-ifs will bombard your mind. What if people don't keep coming, Joel? 
What if you don't meet the right person? What if you don't have the funds? What if your health doesn't improve? No, declare it by faith. All is well. God, I may not see a way, but I know you have a way. This may be a surprise to me, but it's not a surprise to you. Week after week, month after month, I kept meditating on that simple phrase, all is well. Today, we don't have to say it by faith. We can say it as a fact. Lakewood is well. The church is strong. Greatest days are still out in front of us. The future is bright. How you respond in the difficult times will determine whether or not you reach the fullness of your destiny. If we would have gotten depressed, discouraged, in self-pity, we would not be here today. Friends, there will be obstacles on the way to your promised land. We all have weeds sown into our fields, things that don't make sense. We don't like it. Loss, unfair situations, disappointments, but don't complain. Don't get bitter. Do like Daniel. Do like Job. Do like the young couple in the house. Dare to say all is well. That shows God that you're trusting him. That's what allows him to give you beauty for ashes, to turn what was meant for your harm and turn it into your advantage. Maybe you're in a situation now that you could be discouraged, upset. You don't see how it could ever work out in your favor. But Isaiah 3 says, Say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. You are the righteous. God says, say this to you, it shall be well. Not hope so, not maybe, not if you get lucky. No, God promises, it shall be well with you. Maybe you lost a loved one. You don't see how you can go on. That is not the end. That is a new beginning. It shall be well with you. The job situation didn't work out. You lost a client. You got let go. Don't worry. God has something better. It shall be well with you. You're struggling in your finances. You don't know how you're going to make it. God's got it all figured out. He's called the Lord our provider. He clothes the lilies of the field. He feeds the birds of the air. It shall be well with you. I'm asking you all through the day to let this phrase play in your mind. When you're tempted to get upset, to be worried, offended, just smile, no thanks, I know all is well. Friends, God has promised that all things, not some, all things are going to work out for your good. That means even the weeds are going to work to your advantage. You may have some weeds in your life right now. You remember, that's a sign that you are close to your harvest. You're about to see a breakthrough, healing, restoration, promotion. You may have to say it by faith today, but one day, like the lady and Elisha, you will say it as a fact. All is well in my health. Got a good medical report. All is well in my career. Dreams are coming to pass. All is well with my children. They're fulfilling their destinies. You will see the faithfulness of God. Promises will be fulfilled. Negative situations will turn around. I believe and declare. You're coming into your harvest. The fullness of your destiny. It shall be well with you. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? As a thank you for your support of our ministry this month, Joel and Victoria would like to send you a copy of Joel's new series, With You, For You, Living in God's Presence and Favor. No matter what you're facing, you can be confident that God has you in the palm of His hand. He's bigger than any obstacle and more powerful than any opposition. Be strong and of good courage, for the Lord your God is with you and He's for you. 
In this new series, you'll be reminded that if you feel discouraged, helpless, or alone, God is right there with you. You can live in His presence and favor every day. He's ready to give you victory in your life. You have an advantage. The creator of the universe is breathing in your direction. And if God be for you, who dare be against you? Request this resource. It will strengthen your faith and help you reach the fullness of your destiny. To request your copy of With You, For You, visit us at joelstein.com or call us toll free. Maybe you've never received the Lord as your Savior. Why don't you pray with me today? Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed. Tune in tomorrow morning for another broadcast of Wake Up to Hope with Joel and Victoria. Right here, only on TBS. TBN want you to experience the hope and grace of God like never before. So, to say thank you for your love gift of any amount this month, we have something very special for you. It's TBN's brand new 100 Days of Hope and Grace journal. This unique double-sided devotional journal is designed to bring you a quick, powerful dose of encouragement when you need it most. Meditate on a new hope-inspiring scripture each day. And also, get a powerful reminder of God's grace. Wake up to hope and grace and begin your day full of God's promises for your life. And for your special love gift of $100 or more, we will also include our brand new beautiful Hope and Grace mug set. Each time you enjoy a hot beverage, these ceramic mugs will be a great reminder of the Father's love for you and of your partnership with TBN to bring the message of hope and grace of Jesus to the world. Request your Hope and Grace devotional journal today with any size gift. And with your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hope and Grace mug set. Take a moment right now to call, click, or write to request your love gift. Call 800-201-5200 or visit tbn.org or write us at TBN PO Box A, Santa Ana, California, 92711. Remember, your generosity ensures that your TBN can touch millions with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your gifts are powerful tools for rescuing souls worldwide with his life-changing message of hope and grace. Hello, I'm David Jeremiah from Shadow Mountain Community Church and the speaker on Turning Point. It is Easter time, the greatest celebration of the church, of all the celebrations that we have. For Easter is the celebration of the risen Lord. He is alive today. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And we celebrate his being alive today. This is Easter. Let's celebrate together. Hi, I'm Pastor Bobby Schuler from the Hour of Power. I just want to remind you that we serve a resurrected Lord on this Easter. If you feel like you've died, if you feel like you're trapped, He can pull you out and resurrect any part of your life. Up next, watch Joseph Prince proclaiming the gospel of grace. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Remembering the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. God made you in His image. Not only that, God made you to benefit and to inherit and to receive everything that He has for men. You are made in the image of God. You know, don't think like, oh, God is like me. No, no, you are like God. You are made in God's image. Beloved, the Bible declares that God wants you healed and whole in every area of your life. Today, as a thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry, we will send you Joseph's latest four-CD audio series, God Wants You Healed. Child of God, you can receive divine healing and renewed strength from your Father in Heaven. He is for you, and He wants you to live an abundant life full of His joy. Live free from the fear of sickness and disease, because God is not only able to, but also most willing to heal you. You can also request a collection that includes the new Joseph Prince on Healing 3 DVD album and his latest book, Grace Revolution, for a specific gift to the ministry. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. Praise the Lord. I'd like you to turn to your, at least uh, two or three persons around you and tell them that something good is going to happen to you. Something good. I really believe it. And smile at somebody else and say, I'm just too blessed to be stressed. Just too blessed to be stressed. Praise the Lord. We celebrate the Resurrection Day today. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is a day 2,000 years ago our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I was speaking to my Jewish friend in Israel who is also a believer and... Uh, uh, I, I told him, isn't it interesting, and please uh, confirm with me if I'm right, when I say that it's not often that Passover falls on a Shabbat, which is Sabbath, you know, on a Friday. And he says, yes, you're right. It's not always on a Friday. And 2,000 years have come and gone since our Lord rose from the dead. He died literally on the Passover of the Jews. So he died on the cross, and we celebrate Good Friday to commemorate the death of our Lord on the cross for our sins. And the Passover, this past, this past Passover, was on Friday night, where Jewish people all over the world celebrate the Passover. And it's not always on a Friday night. And that's amazing. And uh, I just want to let you know that uh, 2,000 years ago, death died today. Death has always been an enemy to God. Then you, if you ask the question, why, why, why then uh, did God allow death to happen? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You should ask the question, why is death sin that caused the wages to come? Sin brings forth death. Why is that sin? Why, why did man sin when God placed man in a perfect environment, an expression of his infinite goodness? God placed him in an environment, in the Garden of Eden. Eden in Hebrew means delight, 
paradise. He had everything that the heart can wish for. He was surrounded with the love of God. He was blessed. He had more than enough. There was no sickness, there was no disease, hence there's no hospitals. There's no need for all that. A man was living in perfect bliss and happiness. Why sin? Why sin against the goodness of God? Why, why listen to the enemy of God and rebel against the loving heart of a God who gave you everything? That's the question we need to ask. You know, it's so easy to ask questions like, why did God let this happen? Why did, God, why, did, why did man allow sin to come in between him and God? You see, when God made man, God did not make robots. You know, if only God made robots, amen, if only God made robots, there'll be no fall. Hence, there'll be no death. There'll be no disease. There'll be no decay. There'll be no aging. There'll be no destruction of any kind. But then God didn't want robots. And then on the other hand, something I think, if only God used his power to influence man's free choice. So God gave man the gift of free choice. But if only God used his influence without letting man know. That's what some men would do if they have the power, but not God. Because if God did that and God influenced your free choice without you knowing, with his power he exert and he can exert influence over your, your free choice, and God can stop Adam from taking that fruit of that tree, God could have done that, right? But it wouldn't be free choice. So for free choice to be free choice, it has to be free choice. If there is no free choice, there'll be no fall. Always think of that. Remember that. If there's no free choice, today man will be in perfect happiness. Amen. But no, God gave man free choice. And when you give someone free choice, there's always a risk that he will choose the dark side, which man did, and man fell. Now, you are free to choose, but you're not free to choose the consequence. Like, for example, I'm free to put my finger into the fire, but I'm not free to choose not to be burned. No matter how much I have free choice, I cannot choose no burn. No. If I'm free to put my finger in the fire, I'm not free to choose the consequence. So man chose sin to rebel against God, committed high treason, bow his knee to an outlaw spirit, Satan, who hates men anyway, just like a woman who has been spurned by her boyfriend. You know, she hates her boyfriend and she can't get at him, so she takes out his picture or his photo and he, she destroys that, that and mars that, that photo. So God is too powerful for the devil to attack him directly, so the devil attacks his image. You are made in the image of God. Uh, you know, don't think like, oh, God is like me. No, no, you are like God. <laughs> you are made in God's image. So the devil attacks you, the devil hates you because... God made you in His image. Not only that, God made you to benefit and to inherit and to receive everything that He has for men. That's why God made men last. God made everything there is on planet Earth to prepare for men. And God made men last to be the beneficiary of all that He has made. This is the love plan of God. And friend, if you do not know anything about God, the first thing and the most important thing you need to know about God is that God loves you. 
And that's why God, God has a loving plan for you, not a life of defeat, a life of, of uh, bondage, a life of addictions, and then finally death. Death is an enemy to God. God prepared everything for man and does not include death in that preparation. It's perfect health, perfect happiness, and, but man had free choice and man rebelled against God. You know, it reminds me of this preparation thing. I, I remember when I, one of the first times I brought uh, my little Jessica to uh, Disneyland, I remember that uh, there was some rights. She was about, about two plus, and there was some rights I'm not too sure that whether it was uh, fitting for her because I don't want her to have nightmares at night, you know. So I, I would take the right first, all right. I would queue up, take the right first, and then I'll say uh, during the right, oh, she would love this. I think she would love this. I, 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 this is great, all right. Or another right, no, I don't think she would like this. It's too dark. And then uh, if there's a good right, I'll come back and I'll bring her for the right that I've taken. I want to announce to you that God has gone ahead of you. And he has prepared everything for you, and he's coming back to fetch you for the right. And the best thing you can do is to follow him, flow with him. He knows all the pitfalls. He knows how to go. All right? He's our good shepherd, the good shepherd. When he's your shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is not everybody's shepherd. But when the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack. Can I have a good amen? Amen. You will not lack for anything. You will not lack for health. You will not lack for strength. You will not lack for guidance. You will not lack for purpose. You will not lack for anything in your life. Because the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. It's the privilege of the sheep to be led. You just have to follow. It's, it's a very, you know, it's like following the shepherd for dummies. You just follow. Can I have a good amen? You know, there, there'll be those who will try to, to reason out the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They will say things like, oh, you know, uh, somebody came and stole his body. Well, you must understand one thing. In those days, the Bible says this in the Gospels. There are too many verses for me to show you. So I'll just tell you right now. When they seal the, 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 the cave where they buried the Lord Jesus, the, the, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, they had a rolling stone put over it. And the Bible says that because Jesus claimed that he will rise from the dead, the Pharisees told Pontius Pilate, make sure, ensure the tomb. So what they do to ensure it, all right, to make it doubly secure, is that they put a seal of the Roman Empire on the cave of, on the tomb, front, on the rolling stone, which means there's a seal there. Not every tomb has a seal, but the Lord has a seal. So if anyone breaks that seal to open up, he faces the wrath of the Roman Empire. Not only that, the Bible says they had Roman guts. Again, not every tomb has Roman guts. Our Lord's one has Roman guts. Then a funny theory about uh, someone uh, said this. Oh, uh, actually the women and the disciples all went to the wrong tomb. You know, if somebody you love has just died and you buried him last week, do you think you know where the person is buried? You know how stupid that is? You know, and some of them will say, well, well, you know, uh, the disciples came. And that's the lie that finally when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says the stone was rolled away. The stone was not rolled away for the Lord to come out. Because the Lord in his resurrected body transcends matter. He could appear in the upper room where the do doors were bolted shut. He could appear and then disappear. And the Bible promises in the book of Philippians that when Jesus comes again for us, he will change our vile bodies like unto his glorious body. 
which means our body will transcend time and space. Our bodies will be like his body. Amen. Thank God, Singaporeans, that in his body he can still eat. Because the Bible says he ate fish with them after he rose from the dead. So the Bible talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. To celebrate the Lamb of God that was slain for us, who rose from the dead, who is now our bridegroom. Amen. And the Bible says God will demonstrate the triumph of our Lord Jesus Christ over death itself. From the dead. Millennials after millennials, you know, death has come for every single man. Death came marching after every single man. For the first time, a man came marching after death and killing death. Because God considers death as an enemy. The Bible says that the last enemy to be put under his feet will be death. Amen. God never meant for men to have sickness to age, to grow old, and then finally die. That's not God's dream for you. God hates death. Amen. God's love plan for you includes you being healthy forever, being strong forever, being, being, being young forever. But of course, sin came in, and when sin comes in, it brings death. Amen. Sometimes you see the effect around you already when there's sin. You know, people who are on, on drug addiction, for example, they never look better. They always look worse. Sin brings destruction. Amen. Amen. But you got to understand, God loves sinners. Amen. Just like if somebody you love has cancer, you don't love the cancer, you hate the cancer. But the cancer is in the person, and the cancer is destroying the person you love. So you hate the cancer. How much do you hate the cancer? It all depends on how much you love the person. The more you love the person, the more you hate the cancer. You pass by the intensive care and you hear people crying. Somebody has died. You have no personal stake in it. You hear somebody you don't even know has cancer, you have no personal emotional investment in it. But if somebody you love and really care has cancer, you hate the cancer to the extent you love the person. Do you understand how much God loves you and that's why God has to hate sin? Because sin destroys everything beautiful that God has dreamed for you. Amen. So our Lord Jesus Christ came to restore us back to His very image, the image of the Son of God. Can I have a good amen? Uh, let, me, let me just quote to you what Paul said by the Spirit, okay? 1 Corinthians 15. For I deliver to you as of first importance. Now say first importance. Uh, of everything that Paul has been sharing, Paul says the, very, the most important or the, the, the thing that is of first importance is this. This is the crux of Christianity. It's got to do with the death, burial, and resurrection. He says that I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Kephas, that's Peter, Simon Peter, then to the twelve. Now, why mention that he appeared to Kephas, then to the twelve, in terms of his resurrection? When it comes to... Uh, uh, crucifixion, he didn't mention about witnesses. Why? Because the crucifixion was a well-known fact in Paul's day. They all knew Jesus was crucified. They all saw Jesus crucified. Amen. At least the people of that day. It was the headline news. Amen. The Romans knew about it. The Jewish people knew about it. Everyone in that area knew about it. So Paul didn't uh, see fit to bring in witnesses. But when it came to the resurrection, he talked about witnesses because he knew that this is one area that people will want to dispute. 
Amen. So it says that when Jesus rose from the dead, the first person he appeared to was Simon Peter, or his uh, Jewish name, Kephas. And, and some people think that Jesus first appeared to Peter in John 21 by the lake of Galilee, and then he said, Simon, do you love me, and all that. Actually, that's not the first time after he rose from the dead, he met Peter. He met Peter in a private meeting to restore Peter, because Peter denied knowing him three times. There was a private meeting that was veiled from us. It's none of your business, it seems that the Holy Spirit is saying. Amen? And it was a private restoration. But John 21 is a restoration to ministry. Feed my lambs, okay? So the first person he appeared is Simon Peter, Kephas. Then to the 12th. Amen? And don't forget, Matthias has now become the 12th one to take the place of Judas Iscariot. Then the next one. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Not just one at a time, but at one time, he appeared to 500. Now, that precludes hallucination. One person can hallucinate, but 500 at one time cannot hallucinate. Amen. Are you listening, people? Then another thing is this that we need to understand is that during the time when they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that Christ rose from the dead, which means that all our sins are all efficaciously put away, and that's why he rose from the dead, when they preached that message, they received opposition from the religious leaders of that day. They received a lot of persecution. And finally, we all know many of them. In fact, all the apostles except John was martyred for their faith, for preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, do you think under the pain of persecution and death, if they were hiding the body of Jesus somewhere in a cave, the decaying body of Jesus, that, that they would give their life as a martyr preaching a hoax? Amen? And those religious leaders, why didn't they produce the body of Jesus? Why didn't they produce, produce any evidence? They would stop the preaching straight away. They could not produce any evidence. The only thing they could do was to threaten the apostles not to preach. So Paul says, the Lord rose and showed himself to 500 at one time. And this was in Galilee. All right, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. They have passed on. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. That's Paul. Okay, so praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus is alive and well at the Father's right hand. And, and, and the Bible promises that those who receive him... The wages of sin is death, but the gift, they gift. They gift three times. Gift, gift, gift. We all love gifts. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, at first glance, eternal life means live forever. And many people define it that way. But no, if that is defined uh, in that way, then those who go to hell also live forever. Right? No, eternal life is the life of God Himself. The life by which God lives. The deathless, endless life of God Himself is what He gives you as a gift through Jesus Christ. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, let's drop down the same chapter, verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. So if Christ is not raised... Your faith is futile, one translation says. Your faith is in vain, New King, uh, King James Version says. Or worthless, according to the New American Standard Bible. You are still in your sins. Now, if we reverse that, and Christ is raised, you are no longer in your sins. You see the implication there? 
Amen. But if Christ is not raised, then your faith is vain. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep or those who die in Christ have perished. If we have hope in Christ, if Christ is not raised, and those of us who hope in Christ in this life, we are of all men most to be pitied. But look at verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. First fruits means it is a sampling. Amen. In those days, first fruit, you, you know, the, uh, actually today is the Feast of First Fruits. Amen. On Friday was the Feast of Passover. Jesus died exactly on the Jewish feast. The Jewish feast was pointing to him. You know, there was a, a father who came home from a trip one time and he, he, he bought a large jigsaw puzzle for his little children. He thought he would keep them occupied because he had some things to do in his study. And uh, mom wasn't around, so he gave them this jigsaw puzzle to fix. And it's a jigsaw puzzle of a country. Okay? And he knew that they wouldn't find it soon enough. So they, they worked around it, and he was sitting in his study, looking forward to a, at least an hour of peace or whatever. Soon enough, about, uh, uh, about four, 14 to 20 minutes, the kids came running in, and they said, we've solved the puzzle. Here is the country. And it was exactly the country. They're supposed to be soft. And, and how do you do it? It's very simple. Behind, there's a face of a man. It's the face of the king. Amen. We put the face of the king together, and we look around, and we got the country. <laughs> so the same thing, all the little pieces of prophecy, poetry, types, and ceremonies in the Bible, all the pieces don't make sense when you look at a piece each individually. But when you see the face of the king in them, everything comes in line with the word of God. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. You have watched highlights of the sermon by Joseph Prince. To order an audio CD of the full sermon, which is approximately 60 minutes long, call the toll-free number at 1-877-901-4300 or log on to josephprince.org now. On Joseph Prince. God took all our sins. God credited to Jesus Christ at the cross. This is his plan. Watch this. This love plan. God took Jesus' righteousness and credited to the whole human race. For those who believe in him. How is that? How is that? Beloved, the Bible declares that God wants you healed and whole in every area of your life. Today, as a thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry, we will send you Joseph's latest four-city audio series, God Wants You Healed. Child of God, you can receive divine healing and renewed strength from your Father in Heaven. He is for you, and He wants you to live an abundant life full of His joy. Live free from the fear of sickness and disease, because God is not only able to, but also most willing to heal you. You can also request the new Joseph Prince on Healing 3-DVD album for a specific gift to the ministry. In this quintessential resource on God's healing, learn how to remove any doubt you may have about God's healing. Focus on the finished work of Christ and walk out your healing in Christ Jesus. This collection also includes Joseph's latest book, Grace Revolution. Experience the power to live above defeat. 
To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. The Grace Revolution is here. It's time to step out of fear, addiction, and defeat into a life of confidence, freedom, and lasting victory. From international best-selling author Joseph Prince comes a brand new book, Grace Revolution. In this book, Joseph shares five powerful keys to help you grow in confidence, build a strong foundation for lasting breakthroughs, and receive God's abundant restoration. In this book, you will read about many people who have experienced amazing breakthroughs in their lives. I believe their inspiring stories will greatly strengthen and encourage you. It's time to live above the sea and experience the great revolution in your life. Order your copy today and experience the Grace Revolution. Call 1-877-901-4300 or visit josephprince.org slash new book today. dreams in our hearts, but there are times we wonder if they will ever come to pass. God wants you to know that He is your Father who lifts you above the clouds of defeat. Allow His perfect and unconditional love to empower you to conquer your every giant today. See every dream and desire He has placed within you come to pass as you catch a fresh revelation of His amazing love. For a specific gift to the ministry, you can request this two-sermon audio series, Empowered by His Love. For more information on how to order this powerful resource, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. Today, Wendy and I just want to extend our deepest appreciation to all our Grace Revolution partners that make this broadcast possible. We want to thank you personally for your generous financial support in helping us to proclaim the gospel of grace around the world. Your partnerships also help to support the various humanitarian initiatives that we are involved in, from fighting against human trafficking to sponsoring children in Asia. From the very bottom of our hearts, we thank you for being a Grace Revolution partner and making a difference in the world today. God bless you. Dear friends, together we can impact the world through Jesus. Partner with us and be part of this exciting grace revolution. Call us toll free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org slash partner today. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. Joseph Prince Ministries believes that your ties belong to your local church. Your donations to the ministry are received as offerings to support the preaching of the gospel of grace, as well as the ministry's humanitarian outreaches. program was sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today on TBN. Oh. 
greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Watch The Passion of the Christ airing today on TBN. Next, watch Walk in the Word with James McDonald, focusing on the unapologetic proclamation of God's Word. This spring, all of us at TBN want you to experience the hope and grace of God like never before. So, to say thank you for your love gift of any amount this month, we have something very special for you. It's TBN's brand new 100 Days of Hope and Grace journal. This unique double-sided devotional journal is designed to bring you a quick, powerful dose of encouragement when you need it most. Meditate on a new hope-inspiring scripture each day. And also, get a powerful reminder of God's grace. Wake up to hope and grace and begin your day full of God's promises for your life. And for your special love gift of $100 or more, we will also include our brand new beautiful Hope and Grace mug set. Each time you enjoy a hot beverage, these ceramic mugs will be a great reminder of the Father's love for you and of your partnership with TBN to bring the message of hope and grace of Jesus to the world. Request your Hope and Grace devotional journal today with any size gift. And with your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hope and Grace mug set. Take a moment right now to call, click, or write to request your love gift. Call 800-201-5200 or visit tbn.org or write us at TBN PO Box A, Santa Ana, California, 92711. Remember, your generosity ensures that your TBN can touch millions with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your gifts are powerful tools for rescuing souls worldwide with his life-changing message of hope and grace. This is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, remembering the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the program today. As I'm sure you know, most people call today Good Friday. At our church, we call it the day that Jesus died, and we're glad you're here to celebrate and remember that with us.
Hello, hello, hello. Anybody there? Yes, morning. How are you? I'm finding you. I'm all right. Do you have to go to school, Arthur? Oh, I'm on my way. <laughs> They don't mm-hmm. give us a good Friday, they're cute. Oh, okay. But I ain't mad because I get a late spring break around the 22nd and the 25th, so I get another couple of days, so that's a good that's a good thing. How you doing, Reese Pieces? Reese, how are you? This is Reba. Oh, that's Reba. Oh, hey, Reba. <laughs> I thought you was Erica. How you doing? All right. That's good. Glad to hear your voice, dear. I've been here every morning since the first time that I got on. Okay. Reba, look like you done got, 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 got tuned in. You done got connected, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I be every morning. Well, I tell you, it's contagious, baby. It's addictive. I fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, my alarm is set. I get up at 6 o'clock by 7, by 6.45. I'm checking in. <laughs> okay. All right, now. I'm All good. All right, I ain't mad at you. It's a good thing. Good thing. Look how God has it. Does the increase. Okay. Go ahead and open us up. Okay. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, We are so thankful, Lord God, that we are able to come before your throne of grace and mercy and receive that which you have set before us, Lord God, that you have imparted for each and every one of us. Father God, we give thanks to you, Lord God, for this glorious morning, for this miraculous morning, for this good Friday, Lord God, where Jesus paid the Christ. Christ on Calvary for our sins, Lord God. He who knew no sin took on the sin of man, Lord God, so that we can come into your throne room, Lord God. Enter in with a heart of thanksgiving, with a heart of joy, with a heart of praise, Lord God, just to worship and to glorify, to edify your holy and your righteous name. We thank you, O Lord God, for the sisters and the brothers who are partaking in this call, those who are listening in by by computer or just listening in on the phone, just in a silent Spirit, Lord God, we give thanks, Lord God, for the assembly of the saints who come to worship and to commune and to fellowship and to bear witness of how good our God is. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you kept us as we slept last night. We thank you, oh Lord God, that you had your angels to watch over us and to protect us from all dangers seen and unseen. Lord God, that you kept the deaf angels from our from around our bedside. We thank you, O Lord God, that our family circles has not been broken. We thank you, O Lord, most so, Lord God, for the price, Lord God, that our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ paid on Calvary's cross for us. Lord God, if it wasn't for Jesus taking on the suffering and the sins of this world, Lord God, we would not have the right to enter into your throne of grace and mercy. Father God, even as I just sit down and I reflect, Lord God, 
of the punishment and the brutal punishment that he has, he took on for us, Lord God. How he was whipped with Roman scourges, Lord God. How his flesh was torn from his body. How he was bruised, Lord God, for our iniquities. How he took on the chastisement of our peace that we may be healed, Lord God. I just glorify and I thank you and I just worship and reverence your holy name. Father God, let your Holy Spirit fill our hearts with joy, with praise, Lord God, just to give thanks to you for the ultimate sacrifice, that sacrificial lamb, Lord, your only begotten son that you had given to us, Lord God. Father God, I can't imagine how painful it must have been that you had to give your only begotten son to come down to save this sin-sick world, but because you loved us so much, Lord God, you made the ultimate sacrifice. There's no greater love that can any man give than that that which Jesus has given to us. So we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We thank you more so, Lord God, that you called us each and every one else by name. You called Sam. You called Ariva. You called Pam. You called Erica. You called Felicia. You called Marie. You called Maria. You called Mother Regina, Gina, Nate. You called Reggie. You called Sherry and Louie. You called us all, Lord God, by name just to come and be a part of your holy organization, Lord God, to receive the blessings that you have, the salvation, the grace, and the mercy, and the peace that you have given us, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, that we recognize the call, so we rise up early in the morning to give praise and honor you, Lord God, for what you have done for us and what you are doing. Each and every day, Lord God, there are brand new mercies that we see. Each and every day, your hands of protection is around us. Each and every day, Lord God, you build a fence all around us, Lord God. God, to protect us from the enemies of the world, Lord God, and from the snares that, that has been set before us. You have given us victory, Lord God, and so we want to thank you for it. As we go through this day, Lord God, as we celebrate this holy weekend, Lord God, let us reflect, Lord God, on the on the sacrifices you have given given to us. Let us receive the promises that you have given us, Lord, Lord God. For anything that we ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, they are yea and amen to your glory, and that you are going to impart them to us. So we have that blessed assurance, Lord God, and that hope, Lord God, of the eternal, of the promise of the eternal heavens, Lord God, that we will live holy and righteous in paradise with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you hold us in the palm of your hand, that not even the enemy, the devil himself, cannot pluck us out. So, Father God, we ask that your peace, Lord God, move right now in our hearts, around our families, around our townships, around our cities, around our country. And, Lord God, we need you to move right now in the government right now, Lord God, for they are warring, they are tearing down each other. But, Father God, we're so thankful, Lord God, that you have built us up, that we can call upon the, your name, the name of Jesus, that eternal government that will reign over this world from time through time eternal, Lord God. We just bless you and we ask you to keep us, Lord God, throughout our our, our journey. Father God, this path that we are in is not a set by us, Lord God. It was ordained and already appointed by you. So let us walk according to the ways that you have given us. Let us walk according to your precepts. In Jesus' name I pray. Father God, I lift up those who have not even called upon your name, Lord God, that they will see the glory that you have given to us, Lord God. Let our light shine, Lord God, so that those who do not believe will be turned over, their minds will be turned over and they will confess Jesus as their Lord and their Savior and their, their soon-coming King. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
Did you want to pray this morning, Reba? Reba, did you want to pray this morning? No, sir. That's something that I have to pray about because I'm, I'm not a... No problem. Big public speaker, but as they say. Not a problem. All right. Horum brandy again, the gun, 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 Oh, yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. We also go Sandraka. Holy Spirit, move. Hun, run, did go sick, it did shand, did go ho. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Mosha kandi kiko rombo chikando rombo kosa. Borondi shandere kobo. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Korombraka. Shirombreke de. Yes, Father, Rambora and the Gasaka, who Rumbrandiki, he Yombo Sikiada, ha 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 we glorify you, Lord. Mm. We glorify you, Father. Yonder the Kumbosaka. Speak to us, Lord. Speak. 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 Mm. The presence of God. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm. Shurumbo sike ha ka sindi arambo ko sike. Diarambo ko sumbo shoko. Diararakum brandiku ko sokombo shoko ha. Yoko shandiarambo sikando. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 Father, I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. All right, we gotta do some work first. Mhm. Yep, we gotta do some work first. All right, give me one minute.
Okay. Sharambo randere ko bose kendere la kandoro ko sambuki ara ko shanrande ko sete tetere ko burande ko sete horande ko sade shambo sharado ko mbraka hande ko sete shinrase ko sete shire ko mbraka horambrande ko sete shinrande ko sete shandere ko mbraka horambrande ko dire gande gonde 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 gande Yes, 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 Father, we give you name a corum baragradogoshi, we glorify you. From branded go we glorify you, Father, Rounded Gonda we glorify you, Lord, Rounded Gonda de we glorify you, Lord, Rounded Gonda de Gandhi the Gondi de Ha 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 ha. Bore Randy the Gosse Shiriko Rum branded Gosse Shirikum Brakasa. Mm. Okay. 
Father God, she says she wants to experience your power. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, now the power of God is entering in. Mm. Woo, yes. Just begin to praise him, Reba. Just begin to give him the glory. Just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Just begin to say, thank you, Lord. As he's entering in, the more you praise him, the deeper he's getting inside of you. The more you open your mouth and give him the glory, the deeper he's getting inside of you. Begin to give him the glory. Begin to praise him because he's your God. He's your God. You ask for his power, and this is it. So open up your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. Open up your heart and say, come on in. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on in. There it is right there. Just keep praising him. Just keep praising him. Just keep giving him the glory. Just keep giving him the glory. Just keep saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. This is your moment. This is your time. This is what you said you wanted to do. He asked me to ask you, and you said yes. So that means this is something God desired to do, but he wanted to know, would you do it? Can, would you line up with him? And since you said yes, that means you and the Lord came into agreement. You and the Lord came into one accord. So you wanted the power, but he wanted to give it to you. So you just keep giving God the praise and the glory. As he's working up inside of your heart, he's changing. He's moving. He's redirecting, reorganizing. He's being God. He's being God. Oh, yes, Lord. So just keep giving him the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to let this music play for a while while you listen to You just keep praising. This is healing music that I have to go through in my house. So as you praise and worship God right now, Reba, this music, just let it flow inside of you. Thank <laughs> you. 
right, all right, all right. How you feeling, Ms. Reba? I feel fine, dear. That's a beautiful thing. You even sound stronger right now. <laughs> hmm. You even sound stronger. So you just make sure every day that you get some praise time in with God. And what you can do, you know, is just like when you're by yourself, just just continually to thank God for giving for his power that has entered into your life. You don't have to ask for it anymore, but you do need to thank him for it. See, as you're thanking him for it, that's continued that what he's already put inside of you is gonna like activate it. It's just like you know, like you're putting water on a on a flower, the seed's already there. So as you as you as you praise God and thank him for his power Thank him for the transforming power that is entered in. Thank him for his healing. You do that. I'm not even going to say daily. You do it whenever it hits you. So it's already inside of you. And every time you're doing that, you're watering that seed. You keep watering that seed, it's going to grow. Okay. Okay, dope. All right, then. I guess we can go ahead and knock out these lists. Anybody on the line want to pray before we start on these lists? I didn't see anybody on the line want to go on mute before we start on the list. I said, y'all want to pray before we start on the list. It started snowing out here yesterday. <laughs> My cousin's in Denver. He got two feet of snow. I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> He just came in from shoveling. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help myself. That's not funny. <laughs> yes, it is. Because <laughs> we ain't got it. I'm like, ooh, God. Mm, I don't even want to imagine two feet of snow. Because I saw them. I don't them. even talk to my relatives in, in uh, Colorado because I know. Mm. Shoot, man, please. Wow. All I could say was wow. Two feet. Oh, well. All right, let me start on this list. Where is it at? Good morning, a long time ago, but I guess nobody was hearing me. Good morning, I didn't hear you. Sweet. How's everybody? I'm good. We're blessed. You know, Fannie Marie is a prophetess. Did you know that? I didn't even know that. <laughs> and she got healing power flowing through. Do you know that? And she about to pray for you, Reba. She didn't even know that. <laughs> that's okay. I pray for Reba at the beginning of the week. I'll pray for Reba again. It's okay. See, that's what I'm saying. She don't mind stepping on in there. You're going to step on in there, sister, and get to working. 
Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank and praise you this morning, Father God. We thank you for the life, Father God. We thank you for life everlasting in which we have you have given us. Father God, I pray for this woman of God, Reba, Father Lord God, who you continue to move, continue to tend to shift. Father God, who you continue to transform to line up with your word and with your image. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, that she has chosen to be a part of prayer shifting ministry. But see, the scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. We may be called to do a work, but when it comes actually time for us to step in, Father God, many walk away. Lord God, I just thank you for her humbling spirit right now, Father God, as you move in her life as only you can. Father God, I just ask that you touch her body from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Father God. Continue to touch in the areas where there's discomfort, Father God. Continue to just move as only you can. Lord God, and as you continue to just minister to her mind, body, soul, and spirit, Father God, as she's surrendering her life to you. Father God, she has many unspoken prayer requests before you, Father God, that she has told no one about. But, Lord God, because she has a trust in you, she knows that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all she can ever ask for. And that is the heart of the shit of the heart. The shit of the Bahada, 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 the shit of the you've been waking up early in the morning and seeking the Lord. Even though you're getting up at 6 to get on a prayer call at 645, that's been time that you've been spending devotion and talking to the Lord. And he said, through that time, you're growing closer to him. You're starting to have a better understanding of the word. You're even having a better understanding of things that are occurring on a prayer call. And because you're taking the time to spend with him, he's taking that same time to sup with you. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And he hears you and he's answering your prayers. He may not be answered in the way that you desire, but he's answered them in the way that he has ordained for it to go. And through this situation of life that you're experiencing right now, you are going to be able to be a testament to others of how good God is. And different people around you are even beginning to see how he's moving and manifesting in your life right now. So continue to be prayerful. Continue to be mindful and continue to seek him early in the morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Actually, we've been around each other too long. (laughs) Marie, when you was praying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you went in the tunnel. I was like, there she go. She just went there. I said, in a few minutes she's going to go, mm. <laughs> and that's exactly what you did. <laughs> and then she's going to stop and go, hmm, Reba. <laughs> that's exactly what you did. I was sitting over there. laughing at your meme, yeah. I mean, as soon as you did, I said, "Yep, I prayer just shifted because you was talking and you was talking, you know, in Earth language." Then you, as soon as you went to that tongue, I said, oh, "There she go." Mm. Yep, she's gonna back out. Hmm. Okay, Reba, this is what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> the shifting in the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, 
Lord. That's about bad as Felicia. When she get on it, she start with a nice, sweet, quiet voice. Uh, yeah, she about to tear up somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. the baby. I got the grandbaby today, so you may hear her in the background. So, you know. so that that won't be Renee, then. That'll be you, then. <laughs> Madam, man, I don't call should have come. Huh? Is there any way you can get Dre to call into the line for a minute? No, he's at work and they not. Uh, he doesn't do calls from work. Okay, okay. I'm gonna pray for him. I don't. I'm gonna pray for him. You can either tell him, or you can have him listen to whatever's about to come out. Okay. Hmm. He feels troubled about something. Hmm. I don't know, and it might be something that has not yet occurred, but something's going to trouble him deeply. And he might not even talk to you about him, Marie, but it's something that's going to happen or has happened that's going to really upset him to the core. Hmm. 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 Mm. Yeah, 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 it's a test. Mm. Oh, Jesus. It's going to pull him outside of himself. He's, wow. He's really going <laughs> to have to, oh, okay, you know how we go through situations that, that where before. <laughs> We've been going to church. We've been brought up in church. But as you say, go from a religion to a relationship. <laughs> whatever's about to happen, and I'm not saying that he doesn't, but whatever's about to happen is about to grab hold of him. And in order for him to come through, he's going to have to connect with God. He's going to have to connect with God in a way that he has not done before. He's going to feel unsure and unsettled because it's going to make him do differently. But he's going to have to something he's going to have to do for himself and by himself. Okay, the perfect way is that commercially talk about where these people went on these trips, but they weren't by themselves because the, the the things he's seen you do, the things he's heard on the prayer line, the things he's seen others do. So he's going to have to go by alone, but he won't be by himself. If he chooses to tap into those things that are around him to give him the strength and the direction that's needed, it'll enable him to overcome and be able to stand and to stand there for. But he's about to really go through. He's about to really go through. So, Father God, I'm asking for a hedge of protection around this man of God. I'm asking, Father, for a lifeline to be thrown to this man of God so he will be able to be sustained through whatever is about to occur in his heart and his life, Father. You're going to use this to draw him closer to you. Holy Spirit, help him to make the right choice to grab hold of you. Help him to hear your voice when the situation occurs, to recognize that it's only by you, Father God, that he will come out of this. Lord, this is not meant to kill or him, but if he will grab hold, it will draw him closer to you. So, Father God, I'm asking you to reach right now. Wrap your arms around. We plead that precious Holy Ghost anointed blood over this situation and that circumstance. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Wow. Mm. 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 Wow. Hmm. Mm. All righty then. Uh, 
He said amen, too. <laughs> Hello, child. Hello, child. That's for the baby. Morgan's going really, really dad. Okay. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and do the listerses. Anybody else want to? Oh, did you get my note about sending that to Morgan? She did. Okay. Yeah, my phone it don't that 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 one there don't work all the time. All right, before we get into this, anybody else want to pray? I need a prayer for your shirt because that button looks like it's up there. Anyway. All right. Trey Mathis and Ariel sing for Randy to go near the gun, 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 to go Punch jailer Jana Kanishan Morgan Farley, hundred going to the gun, 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 What's today? Friday? Because she's supposed to be gone by today. Tenant, I gotta go by there for sure. Chrissy, Shanice, and Tisa. Alicia West, Courtney Colin Brandon, Hunter the Gunner, 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 the Gun
хороши, ты любишь, 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 да, хорошая энергия, сакра. Big brain, Halis Mad, Reggie's friend Didi, hundred again, 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 Shona Steven, Octavia Go say she goes to the Gosera Ganda. 
Teresa Hadada Gundi the Gandhi Gundi the Gandhi Gundi the Gandhi Gosaka Saka. The boiling in Strickland's Hashi to go say she 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 go Saragasa Saka. Ridge Hadada Gandhi the 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 Gandhi Kim Gavon, Hashi to go say she 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 go say
Churches, sick and shut in, pressure to ministries and the families, prisoners and missionaries. Pick and choose, pick and choose, pick and choose. Don't everybody jump up at once. There's room for everybody now. It's enough to share. All righty then. Congregations and churches. Deceased and hospitals. Prisoners. Missionaries. Congregations and churches. Sick and shut in. Shut on brush to go fish and go under go fish and go sarakanda. Push to ministries and the family. Push to go fish and 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 go fish and
Okay, I think that's all. Then my other list that I do discernment. How to go she she 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 go she go she she go she Walking in the realm of the supernatural, honey, the gun, the gun, the gun, the negotiation, the negotiation, the Sadaka, Sakara. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and the gun, the negotiation, the negotiation, the negotiation, the Sadaka, Sakara. Grace, mercy, and favor, honey, the gun, the negotiation, the Supernatural being strength, ability, gifts, and talents, percentages to increase in basis. How do I go to the None of you, who should go say she 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 go No, no, you just keep swearing until I finally do something, right? Anyway. I've got knowledge, wisdom, understanding, grace, mercy, and favor, discernment, walking around the supernatural. No, not you. Grinded to go and I do believe that's everything. Okay, that's all of this. Let a couple of songs play, and then we get into the reading. Maybe I might get off early. <laughs> Yet you 
everything I am, everything I have, God, I offer it up to you right now. Naked you clothe me. They will know us by our love. 
Okay, should Christians be insensitive to their condition? Satan assaults them even more mercilessly. He may either mislead them at a time when they are unconscious of the presence of God into thinking they are living by faith or make them suffer without a cause under the delusion that they are suffering with Christ in their spirit. <laughs> Wherefore, Satan, by means of a false spirit, deceives believers into obeying his will. Such experiences occur to spiritual but undiscerning Christians. Here we go already. Okay, it is what it is, Lord. Spiritual ones ought to possess spiritual knowledge so that all their movements can be governed by spiritual reasoning. They should not act impulsively according to fleeting emotion or flashing thought. They should never be in haste. Every action must be scrutinized with spiritual insight in order that only what is approved by the Spirit's intuitive mind is permitted. Nothing should be done. Hold on one second. Okay, 
There should never be in haste. Every action must be scrutinized with spiritual insight in order that only what is approved by the Spirit's intuitive knowledge is permitted. Nothing should be done which is propelled by exciting feeling or abrupt thought. Everything must be carefully and quietly examined before it is executed. To examine and test our walk is a very important element in following the Spirit. Believers should not while away their spiritual life foolishly. They must examine carefully all thoughts, feelings, etc., which come to them in order to discern whether these arise from God or from themselves. The natural inclination is to take life easy. <laughs> okay, who just got cut that one? To adapt oneself to whatever happens. If so, one will often welcome what the enemy has arranged. Oof. Usually we do not investigate these matters, but Scripture commands us to test everything. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. Herein lies both the characteristic and the strength of spiritual believers. They interpret spiritual truths in spiritual language. Uh-oh. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13. The word interpreted here means in the original compare, mixing, or putting together, or determined. The Holy Spirit purposely gives spiritual believers such power for them to use to test anything which enters their life. Otherwise, under the manifold deceit of the evil spirit, it will be most difficult to live. Okay, well, that's just the first couple of paragraphs. I'm going to keep reading. Maybe I might be able to get to that page there. Satan has another way to assault those who set their heart on following the leading of the Spirit's intuition. This is by counterfeiting or falsely representing one's conscience with all sorts of accusation. To keep our conscience pure, we are willing to accept its reproach and deal with whatever it condemns. The enemy utilizes this desire of keeping the conscience void of offense by accusing us of various things. In mistaking such accusations as being from our own conscience, we often lose our peace, tired of trying to keep pace with false accusations, and thus cease to advance spiritually with confidence. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Those who are spiritual ought to be aware that Satan not only indicts us before God, but also to ourselves. He does this to disturb us into thinking we ought to suffer penalty because we have done wrong. He is alert to the fact that the children of God can make no progress spiritually unless they have a heart full of God. Okay, we ain't going to get to that page. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm. Wow. He is alert to the fact that the children of God can make no progress spiritually unless they have a heart full of confidence. Consequently, he falsifies the accusation of conscience in order to make them believe they have sinned. Then their communion with God is broken. The problem with believers is that they do not know how to distinguish between the indictment of the evil spirit and the reproach of conscience. Frequently, out of fear of offending God, they mistake the accusation of an evil spirit to be the censure of conscience. This accusation grows stronger and stronger to becomes uncontrollable if not listened to. Thus, in addition to their willingness to yield to the conscience reproof, spiritual believers should also learn how to discern the accusation of the enemy. What the enemy charges the saints of may sometimes be real sins, 
though more often than not, they are merely imaginary. That is, the evil spirit makes them feel they have sinned. If they have actually sinned, they should confess it immediately before God, asking for the cleansing of the precious blood, 1 John 1 and 9. Yet, should the accusing voice still continue, it obviously must be from the evil spirit. Here is a matter of serious consequence. Before one knows how to differentiate between the reproach of conscience and the enemy's accusation, he should ask himself whether or not he really abhors sin. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, Jesus. If this particular thing is wrong, am I willing to confess my sin and, and eliminate it? If we truly desire to follow God's will, not having yet heeded the accusing voice, we can be quite confident in our heart, for it is not in us to want to rebel against God. Then having determined to follow God's will, we should examine ourselves as to whether or not we have actually committed that sin. We must know beyond the shadow of a doubt whether or not we have done it, because the evil spirit frequently accuses us of many unrelated items. If we have done it, then before we confess to God, we must find out, find out through the teaching of the Bible and the leading of intuition whether or not this thing is verily wrong. Otherwise, though we have not sinned, Satan will make us suffer for it, just as though we had. The adversary is skillful in imparting all sorts of feelings to men. He may cause them to feel happy or sad. He may induce them in a feeling of guilt, of none whatsoever. But a child of God should understand that his feeling is not necessarily accurate when he thinks he is not wrong, for often he feels right when actually he is wrong. <laughs> Moreover, he may not be wrong even when so feeling. It may be just his feeling and not actually be grounded at all. Whatever he feels, he must, tr he must test it out for sure as to know whether he really, where he really stands. The child of God should adopt a neutral attitude towards every accusation. He should not take any action before he is assured as to the source of it. He must not be hasty. Rather, he should wait quietly for assurance as to whether it is indeed the, chi the chiding of the Holy Spirit or but the charge of the evil spirit. If it originates with the Holy Spirit, he will then deal with it honestly. The believer's present waiting is due to his uncertainty and not to rebellion. Nevertheless, he absolutely must resist making all confessions to man which are motivated by sheer force from outside. For the enemy often tries to compel him to do this. Okay. Uh, 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 I'm going to take it to there. Real conviction from the Holy Spirit leads us to holiness, while the aim of Satan is solely to accuse. He indicts us to make us indict ourselves. His motive is nothing other than make Christians suffer. Mm. Sometimes, after one has accepted the enemy's imputation and confessed accordingly, Satan may next fill him with a false peace. This is no small danger for it deprives the believer of, real, of any real contrition over defeat. The reproach of conscience ceases once the sin is confessed and cleansed by the precious blood, but the accusation of the enemy continues even after what is accused has been dealt with. The former leads us to the precious blood. The latter drives us to despair, causing us to reckon ourselves irredeemable. The purpose of Satan is to engineer our fall through accusations. Since we cannot be perfect, sighs a believer resignedly, then what is the use? At times, the accusation of Satan is added to the rebuke of conscience. The sin is real, but when it has been treated according to the mind of the Holy Spirit, the accusation continues because the evil spirit has joined his indictment to the reproach of the conscience. It is therefore a matter of utmost concern that we preserve an uncompromising attitude towards sin. 
not merely yielding no ground to the enemy to indict, but also learning how to differentiate between the reprimand of the Holy Spirit and accusation of the evil spirit, and learning how to distinguish what is exclusively the enemy's charge from what his charge mixed is with the reproach of conscience. We must realize most assuredly that the Holy Spirit never approves further if the sin is cleansed by the precious blood and forsaken. All righty then. Okay. Everybody get their knives and forks out because we're getting ready to dissect this meal. Where's my water, child? You didn't bring my water back downstairs? You know what? I don't like you. I hope you fall on your face. Should Christians be insensitive to their condition, Satan assaults them even more mercilessly. He may either mislead them at a time when they are unconscious of the presence of God into thinking they are living by faith, or make them suffer without a cause under the illusion that they are suffering with Christ in their spirit. Wherefore, Satan, by means of a false spirit, deceives believers into obeying his will. Such experiences occur to spiritual but undiscerning Christians. Okay. Hmm. Christians should be in, should should Christians be insensitive to their condition? So we're starting again, recognizing. Okay, going back to discernment, recognizing it's up to us to test the spirits. It's up to us to find out what's from God and what's not from God. It's up to us to learn how our spirit operates. None of this is 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 it's up for us to do this, else we miss what God has for us. So now he's talking about how Satan will mislead and beat us up because we don't understand how our spirit works. We don't understand the different aspects of our life. And I'm talking about life, spirit, soul, and body, how we're comprised. He might either mislead them at a time where they're unconscious of the presence of God into thinking they're living by faith. Okay, so he talked about yesterday how he would, first of all, well, he talked about a lot of different things. I'm going to just kind of backtrack a little bit. He talked about how Satan will even give you a, a spirit to make you thinking that is of God. He's talked about before how being led by your emotions and Satan gets in that as well. So all these different things that Satan gets to to pull us away from the Holy Spirit from leading us. So now he's even talking about into thinking they are living by faith. So now you're thinking you're really actually walking according to the word of God, but you're not. Remember, the Holy Spirit comes from within, and you must, and it was always be backed up by his word. So now Satan is going to give you a false misleading, so you must try everything, you must test everything, pray about it. You don't have to be impulsively jump up again. If it's from God, he will, he will, he will, he will confirm what is from him and what is not. But it's up to you to find it out. Spiritual ones ought to possess spiritual knowledge so that all their movements can be governed by spiritual reasoning. Spiritual ones, that's you and that's me. Now, everybody's spiritual, unbelievers are not. The difference is because see, we're born and we, we comprise spirit, soul, and body. But spiritual ones, what he's talking about right now here is the children of God once you're born again. We ought to put, we possess spiritual knowledge so our movements can be governed by spiritual reason. We need to find out what's, how, how, what God wants us to do. It's our job. It's our responsibility. We need to find out how the Holy Spirit is leading us. They should not act impulsively according to fleeting emotions or flashing thoughts. They should never be in haste. 
Every action must be scrutinized with spiritual insight in order that only what is approved by the Spirit's intuitive knowledge is permitted. Haste. One, move. I got to do this now. All that's emotional. All that's coming from your soul. Okay? He's saying your spirit. Let the spirit lead you. Intuitive knowledge. Holy Spirit intuitive knowledge. Remember, communion, intuition, and conscience. That, that, that's, that's the things, that's, those are the three components your spirit is made up of. And that an intuition, see, you commune with God. See, when I get, again, I'm going back to this again. When you're speaking in tongues, you're communing with God one-on-one, direct. Nobody's in the way. So now, after you get that communion, you don't always know what's going on, but you may or may not. Whatever God decides to reveal to you, he reveals it to your spirit and your intuition and your knower. And then from that, it flows up into understanding, into your conscious mind. See, that's when your spirit is leading your soul, which is leading your body. So as you're communing with God in your spirit, then he reveals you something in your intuition, and that's what leads you into the things that God wants you to do. So you have to understand, and you have to learn that walk. Nobody can do that walk for you. You have to do that yourself. You have to learn how to do that yourself. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to walk. And we might be walking side by side, but the way that the Holy Spirit will lead you, it will be different from the way he leads me. You're different than I am. Every action must be scrutinized with spiritual insight in order that only what is approved by the spirit, intuitive knowledge is permitted. Nothing should be done which is propelled by excited feeling or abrupt thought. Everything must be carefully and quietly examined before it is executed. Just take your time, go to God, confer with him, and then move. To examine and test our walk is a very important element in following the spirit. Believers should not while away their spiritual life foolishly. They must carefully examine all thoughts, feelings, etc., which come to them in order to discern whether these arise from God or from themselves. They must examine every thought. They must go through it. See, God tells you in his word to cast down imaginations. You know, and it's just on a little side note, and why it's important to do that, the very thing that you you begin to pray for, the very opposite thing will happen. (laughs) It's kind of like amazing. Really, Lord? You're praying for this to happen, this breakthrough, this turnaround, this whatever, and the very opposite thing happens. And you go, really? But just so your mind will run into negativity. Your mind will go, am I on the right track? I missed it, or maybe, you know what, I'm tired. All those different emotions will run to your mind. It's up to you to say no, cast that down, and to stand on what the Word says. See, that's just, and you have to learn to distinguish between your, your, your feelings, your thoughts, your soul life, and your spirit. Because your mind will run every which way and direction. I'm talking about your mind. I'm not talking about what the enemy's going to do. I'm just talking about you. As long as you're in this meat suit, you're going to have meat suit problems. Believers should not wall away their spiritual life foolishly. They must examine carefully all thoughts, feelings, etc., which come to them in order to discern whether these arise from God or from themselves. The natural inclination is to take life easy. Ha! To adapt, to adapt oneself to whatever happens. That's the natural inclination. 
And, I mean, yeah, that's what we want to do. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but let's look at what really happens. I'm not trying to say we're we're trying to pray to go through trials and tribulations, that this is something that we desire. Now, some people might want that, you know, whatever. I'm not that. I'm Okay, maybe I should talk about me. I'm not going to say that I want to go through trials and tribulations. I just recognize I'm getting better at accepting that they're part of what happens. So, I, you know, taking life easy would be a beautiful thing, and I also want a thing. Right now I'm not in a position to do such. I just had to talk about me because y'all got another understanding. So I'm going to just keep reading out this book here so, you know. If so, okay, the natural inclination is to take life easy, to adapt oneself to whatever happened. If so, one will often welcome what the enemy has arranged. Really? One will often welcome what the enemy has arranged. You think the enemy will actually arrange something to set you up? No, not, no, that, mm, you know, again, see, life is a journey, not just a little, you know, a little street. If, I, if I'm going downtown and I set my, whatever that thing is, a measure degrees, and I'm off by one degree from me going downtown, which is about, what, 10 miles, I'll still make it downtown. But if I'm going to Hawaii from my house and I'm off one degrees, I will not end up in Hawaii. I end up somewhere else. See, just being off by one degree on a long trip will set you off, and you will not end up where you're desiring to be. And that's say, see, that's the that's the trick of deception. Now, do we truly get off on our trips? Yes, we do. And God truly helps us to get back on track. It's like the stock market. You go up, down, up, down, but overall, you, you're trying to go up. Usually, we do not investigate these matters, but Scripture commands us to test everything. Scripture commands us. It's our job to test everything. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. Herein lies both a characteristic and a strength of spiritual believers. They interpret spiritual truths in spiritual language. Hmm? Spiritual truths in spiritual language. Now, that's beyond speaking in tongues. Spiritual language is the Bible, the Word of God. So when things happen, then you go to his book and you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what's going on through his Word. Ooh, did y'all get that? When something happens or occurs, you go to his book, but you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what's going on. You can go to his book to get your own understanding of what's going on, but you still can miss it. But if you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, to see, <clears throat> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. See, see, that's certain truths Mm-mm. that are in the Word of God. <laughs> Until you start experiencing certain things, you, you won't see it. You, you, you can't see it. Until you, you experience something, and he takes you to the book. See, you experience something, and he takes you to the book. And then all of a sudden, you go, oh, my God. Really? Really? And you want, and you want to go, but, 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 but you start looking at that thing. I can tell you from experience. 
Me, me, Eric, and Lisa had a conversation the other day about about travailing in birth. I can tell you from experience. So when I when I read that scripture, and he, scripture and he's talking about travailing in birth. Oh, see, I got a whole nother understanding from that because I've had experience. But see, you might not be there. See, that's the that. See, and it's not saying it's wrong. It's just everybody's at different levels. I got a whole other thing when I started having problems with my eyes and God took me to his word and started talking about travailing and birth. And then it was funny how he started taking me through scriptures and about Paul having a thorn in his flesh. And at that point in time, Paul, they point out scripture, Paul has something wrong with his eye. Really, Lord, I got this big old bump on my eye and you take me through the word and you talking about travailing and birth. And Paul got this bump on his eye and I don't want to read no more. See, see, that's what I'm talking about. But see, that that's that's at different levels. But the Holy Spirit has to reveal those things to you. That's what He's talking about. What did He say? Interpreting spiritual truths and spiritual language. You get to a certain point when you start becoming mature about this thing that only you and the Holy Spirit can begin to see and understand certain things at certain levels. Because, and that's what we're talking about. A lot of people can't go there. They don't want look. They don't. I don't want to go there. I'm just thrown in here. And I'm just trying to deal with it. But it's things that I begin to recognize, and that goes back to yesterday about how how you have to be. Mm, let me just keep reading. Mm. Ooh, Father God. Herein lies both the characteristic and the strength of spiritual believers. They interpret spiritual truths and spiritual language. First Corinthians two and thirteen. The word interpret here means in the original compare, mixing and putting together, determined. The Holy Spirit purposely gives spiritual believers such power for them to use to test anything which enters their life. Otherwise, under the manifold deceits of the evil spirit, it would be most difficult to live. All right. Satan has another way to assault those who set their heart on following the leading of the spirit's intuition. Okay, wait a minute. Satan's going to assault those who set their mind on following and leading the Holy Spirit's intuition. Because you have made a determination that I'm going to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I'm getting attacked. Ooh. Mm. Oh, you really, you want to, you going to, oh, you going to really, you going to really trust God. You don't really try to walk that thing out. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, and it's going to force you to run back to God's word for yourself. Really, God? Really, God? Well, this is what you said in the word, but, Lord, as I'm walking this thing out, I'm, I'm, that's happening. And you got to go back to the word. And when you go back to the word, you get strength to, okay, let me try this thing again. And you take another step. You get knocked back down. You run back to the word. You read it again. See, that's the processes that we hate to go to through. But uh, I ain't found no other way. Mm. You know, and, and you got to be willing. So you make a decision that I'm going to walk according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit's intuition. I make that decision, then I got to be willing to do what God calls me to do and to pay the price that's necessary. See, in the natural, people will do that. Bam! If I got to work out 10 hours a day to knock and become an athlete, and I and I can get these big contracts and play the sport that I love. I'll I'll beat my body down. I'll even take drugs so I can perform better than the other person. They do it all the time. Uh, in, in, in politics, I I I I lie. Still, I get up whatever I need to do in order so I can get out there and get the votes. People do it all the time in the natural. 
But now, because I'm talking about doing things the way that God wants me to do, desires me to do, and then I get attacked for it from the enemy, you know what? Uh, nah, yeah, huh? Now, on the flip side, I ain't, I, I, I ain't really never really been there. But I would say that those who who directly indulge in the cult, they're willing to sacrifice and give up. Some of them, even their, their own family, because they're looking for that power. They're looking for that ability, that, 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 that tapping into that. And, and see, again, I say the Holy Spirit leads, but the devil drives. They don't recognize what's truly going on. Okay, see, I, I just need to keep reading. Satan has another way to assault those who set their heart on following the leading of the Spirit's intuition. This is by counterfeiting or falsely representing one's conscience with all sorts of accusations. To keep our conscience pure, we are willing to accept its reproach and deal with whatever it condemns. The enemy utilizes this desire of keeping the conscience void of offense by accusing us of very things. In mistaking such accusations as being from our own conscience, we often lose our peace, tired of trying to keep pace with false accusations, and thus cease to advance spiritually with confidence. Mm. To keep our conscience pure, we are willing to accept this reproach and deal with whatever condemns. Trying to keep our conscience cure, pure. But here comes the accusation, whatever it condemns, and, and we get tired of dealing because something just keeps getting thrown at me again and again and again. And I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to stop this. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, that's the problem right there. That right there in a nutshell. I'm trying. That that that's the that's the meat of it right there. Again, that's why you have to learn how to walk according to God's power, because as long as you try, you're walking in your strength. And you're going to fall. You're going to fail at some point in that journey. It's going to happen. And it says, and making such accusations from our own conscience, we often lose our peace. Tired of trying to keep pace with the false accusation and thus cease to advance spiritually with confidence. What is the necessity of having confidence? Why do I have to have confidence if I'm supposed to walk by faith? Uh-oh. Why would I need confidence? <laughs> well, Lord, let me see here. Hmm. All right. I guess I'm going to have to kind of go there a little bit. Okay. Confidence, a trust, believing this is going to happen. I'm going to, okay, I got to go there. Okay, I'm going to talk about me right now. Again, because, you know, I, it's easier to beat up on me. You know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm with all this going on in my life, which is overwhelming at times. That time appears overwhelming whenever I truly look at it. But confidence, I come in this household, sometimes my head starts hurting. I'll pull up and I'm like, oh, Lord, okay, I'm about to enter. 
come in here and I, the phone's ringing and the bill collectors and 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 people put notices on our door and I gotta have confidence that we're not gonna lose this house in spite of all the facts that surround me. I I gotta have confidence and believe because God spoke to us, told it to me through several different sources, not just my own self, but through several different sources that we would get to the edge, but we would not be pushed over. I got to have confidence, not only for me, but for also these 90-year-olds in his house. And one of them said, I ain't going no damn where. If I don't have confidence in my God, not in me. Because sometimes I come in and I'm like, really, Jesus? And then I look around, everything is falling apart, and the, the things is going on, and I'm like, what the hell am I fighting for? Why don't I just walk? See, that's my emotions sometimes just getting to me. And I got I to gotta, I gotta sit still and say, bring it back, Sam. Hold it there, Sam. Or sometimes I just break away and say, you know what, I'm done. I, I, I go and hide in that hole for a minute to come back. If you don't have that confidence in God, that trust in God, and, and even, more, even more important, that relationship with God, you're going to be overwhelmed. You got you got to get to a point in your experience with God that I'm going to say it like this in truthfulness it ain't so much that I got confidence in in other words you need to have the God kind of faith you don't need to have your own faith you need to have the God trusting in his word you you got to get to a point people that that is just what he says you got to believe it and walk out there on it like you believe it. Because if you don't, you'll be overwhelmed and kicked back because the reality of what's going on is so overwhelming and so it will beat you down. It will, it will just, oh, you got to go back around this shit. It'll go, said that, 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 God. If you don't have confidence in God, not in yourself, you're losing the battle already. And it's, again, it's arranged that way from the prince of the power of the air. It's arranged to take you down. But you have to learn how to tap into God in such a way and let him build you up. See, that's the importance of letting him build you up. That's the importance of let the Holy Spirit grow you up. You can't grow your own self up because you don't know the path that you need to walk in order for you to be strong enough to overcome those things because you'll be trying to work on this and work on that and do this and do that. And that ain't how God ordained it needs you to happen because he knows what's going to happen. Look, right now I got my first deal accepted. And I'm saying, and I was talking to Pam and said, oh, what's the next step? And I laughed. Well, it done got real. I got to find some money. Not a clue where it's going to come from. But I've been studying. I've been trusting God. I've been doing these things. I'm like, well, Lord, um, yeah, well, okay, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you that you have brought me to this point. So I'm going to step out on what you told me to do. I'm going to have confidence that you're going to make a way. So I'm going to start calling folks. I don't have a dime. I ain't working. I ain't got no credit. I ain't got squat. 
I don't know how you're going to do this, Lord, but I'm going to step out on here and trust in that you're going to do it. So I'm starting making phone calls. I'm talking to people. Believe me, this is, oh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, the things that I begin, see, this is where it's necessary. That's why I say natural plus spiritual. I've been studying. I've been learning. I've been doing. So I'm on the phone talking to these people. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. Uh-huh. Writing things down. First time I ever done this, people, but I, they wouldn't know that because I've been studying. But I'm trusting God more than anything else. So then I'm like, okay, I'm getting notes. I'm getting this So then not walking in haste. Now I, I get this information like, this don't look too good, Lord. <laughs> so I stop. I'm going to table this for a minute, Lord, because I got to, I got to, hmm. So then I, I just leave it alone for that day. See, again, how the Lord has trained me, not you, not Erica, not Pam, but how he's trained me. So I just left it there. So then I just let him begin to reveal things to me. See, that's that inner man. If you led me to this point, God, then evidently I must have what I need. How can this work? So just leaving it alone rather than looking as though I ain't got all this stuff. This can't happen. I left it alone. And I said, okay. And he began to show me this. He said, well, you could do this. See, that inner man in me, that intuition, is starting to reveal things to my understanding, to, to my mind. And I, okay, we could do that. We could do that. Then I go back to my notes, and I look through this, and I look through that. Then I make a couple of calls, and I ask things. See, these are the things that I'm doing as the Holy Spirit tells me. So I said, okay, wait a minute. Now nah, I got a better idea. I got, I think, well, maybe this might work. Let me try this. So then I go back and make these calls again, and I ask these questions and do the same. And I tell the man, well, this is where I'm at, this is what, blah, 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 blah. I, I got, he said, what do you have to bring to the table? You know what I got to bring to the table? Believe this or not, by the grace of God, that property that came back to me, which I didn't even know that I had, which I did not just jump up and sell because I needed money. I said, well, I got this vacant property, you know, I owe about this. Owner. He said, well, can we have first lane position on it? Sure. Oh, it sounds like a deal we can do. I said, look at God. I was I, I I had to call Erica. I had to put my hands up and make a because I'm like, look at God, how he he knew what I needed. I had confidence that he brought me to this point. I don't know how it's gonna come together, but I'm trusting my God to bring it together. I'm like, Lord, I know I got everything on the line, everything. But God, I'm trusting you that you have brought me to this point, not to fail you, but to overcome. I don't have to understand it at this point, but I gotta believe it. See, that's the confidence that God is trying to instill to you. See, that's why you can speak to your mountain, to that fig tree, and it will die. It will dry up. It will crumble because you got the confidence in the word of God that he has instilled in your heart to help you to overcome those obstacles. But if you walk in that condemnation and those false accusations and your head is going crazy, you can't keep yourself still. The enemy will beat you down each and every time. That's why it's important that you have confidence, not in yourself, but you got confidence in God. You got confidence in your relationship with God, and you got confidence that the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That's what you need to have confidence in, that God is not wasting his time growing you up, developing you into becoming the person he's called you to be. God doesn't waste time. He doesn't have time to waste. Oh, let me, oh you know what? I'm going to keep reading because y'all just, mm-mm. My child over there laughing. Okay. Those who are spiritual ought to be aware that Satan not only indicts us before God, but also to ourselves. He does this to disturb us into thinking we ought to suffer penalty because we have done wrong. He is alert to the fact that the children of God can make no progress spiritually 
unless they have a heart full of confidence. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's back that up a little bit. Those who are spiritual ought to be aware that Satan not only indicts us before God, but also to ourselves. Right there, that's Job. And as Felicia pointed out, God brought Job to Satan before Satan said something about Job. So we're indicted before God and also to ourselves. But the thing about when died before God, God, when Satan brings up, well, what about this person? That's what Bishop Jakes was talking about, Jacob and Israel yesterday. And that Jacob was the trickster, the liar, the deceiver. But Israel was the prince. And that even on his deathbed, he still struggled with that walk. Because he said Jacob was dying, but then Israel stood back up in strength on his deathbed. So that means he was still struggling with that walk all the way up to his deathbed. So when Satan indicts us before God, God turns and looks at Jesus, and he looks through Jesus at us. And we are washed by Jesus' blood. So God sees us, okay, well, they're covered by the blood of Jesus. So what was that you had to say, Satan? So then he comes back to us and to get us and to walk in our accusations, our condemnation, so we lose confidence. But this is the part I want you to say. He does this to disturb us into thinking we ought to suffer penalty because we have done wrong. See, he already went to God, and God looked at Jesus, and Jesus' blood covered us, so he comes back to us. So now he can get into our mind and make us think, well, I'm walking in condemnation. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. This is the part that's so powerful. He, talking about Satan, is alert to the fact that the children of God can make no progress spiritually unless they have a heart full of confidence. Okay, wait a minute. Satan is alert to the fact. Going back to what I said yesterday, Satan was here before we were. Satan was the highest angel before he fell. He knows how things work in the spiritual arena. He knows how we were formed. He saw, oh, look, God coming down here. He's going to do this man thing again. Hmm. He gonna, and he's going to breathe. Okay, so Satan been around observing. He knows how these things work. He knows what makes us tick. He says Satan is alert to the fact that the children of God can make no progress spiritually, no progress spiritually, no progress spiritually, unless they have a heart full of confidence. Mm. So if they're not making progress spiritually, you know what, in all honesty, a lot of them are making progress mentally. I know the Bible. They can quote scriptures. They can do this. They can do this and other. But spiritually, they're not there. And you... I'm not even going to go down that road. Consequently, he falsifies the accusation of conscience in order to make them believe they have sinned. Then their communion with God is broken. The problem with believers is that they do not know how to distinguish between the indictment of the evil spirit and the reproach of conscience. Frequently, out of fear of offending God, they make the accusation of an evil spirit to be the censure of conscience. Okay, they are so 
scared of offending God. You know what? I, I need to be right. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I'm going to just not do anything. That's walk self-righteousness right then and there. I'm going to just go ahead and read the rest of this because, see, you know, I ain't got nobody with me today. I'm just... <sighs> this accusation grows stronger and stronger to become, until it becomes uncontrollable if not listened to. Thus, in addition to their willingness to yield to conscience's reproof, spiritual believers should also learn how to discern the accusation of the enemy. Our job to learn to distinguish between God's voice, my voice, and the enemy. If you're struggling with it, ask God to help you with it. Don't think you don't want. See the thing about that there. God desires you to hear more than hear from Him more than you want to hear from Him. God desires for you to have like I when we was praying for Reba today. God desires for you to have power more than you want His power. Look, He gave up His best. Jesus took off deity to to reestablish something that was lost. So for us to draw draw close to God, God desires for us to draw closer to Him than more than we do to Him. So if you ask God to give you clarity between your voice, His voice, and the enemy's voice, you don't think He will? Now, just because you ask for it today, don't mean that you automatically go here. No, again, it's training. And see, that's the part that we don't want. We want to ask something, but we don't want to have to be trained. We don't want to have to go through processes in order to be able to distinguish that. That's why, see, you ask a mature, you ask a mature, per, a mature uh, Christian to pray for peace. They say, "No, I'm good." Because <laughs> see, a mature Christian, I ain't gonna pray for peace because you know when I prayed for peace before, all hell broke out in my life. And the only way that I could keep myself together, I had to learn how to draw to God and draw strength from God and stay in his word. And mm -mm, I'm good. See, again, the very opposite things happen. So we want stuff that when we pray for something, we want it to happen right away. And because it does, we ain't gonna, we're not willing to put in the work. Okay, I just need, like I said, I, said I was going to just keep reading. I just keep stopping. I'm sorry. When the enemy charges the saints of many, when the enemy charge when the enemy charges the saints of many I'm sorry what the enemy charges the saints of may sometimes be real sins though more often than not they are mere imagination that is the evil spirit makes them feel they have sinned if they actually have sinned they should confess it immediately before God asking for the cleansing of the precious blood First John one and nine. Yet, should the accusing voice still continue, it obviously must be from the evil spirit. Here, it is a matter of serious consequence. Before one knows how to differentiate between the reproach of conscience and the enemy's accusation, he should ask himself whether or not he really abhors sins. If this particular thing is wrong, am I willing to confess my sin and eliminate it? If we truly desire to follow God's will, not having yet heeded the accusing voice, we can be quite confident in our heart, for it is not in us to want to rebel against God. Then, having determined to follow God's will, we should examine ourselves as to whether or not we have actually committed that sin. We must know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not we have done it, because the evil spirit frequently accuses us of many unrelated items. Oh, really? Many unrelated items. Some of that ain't got nothing to do with the whole thing. If we had done it, 
then before we confess to God, we must first find out through the teaching of the Bible and the leading of intuition whether or not this thing is verily wrong. Otherwise, though we have not sinned, Satan will make us suffer for it just as though we had. You ain't even done nothing, and you're still getting beat about. Exactly. Anyway. The adversary is skillful in imparting all sorts of feelings to men. He may cause them to feel happy or sad. He may induce them in a feeling of guilt or none whatsoever. But a child of God should understand that his feeling is not necessarily accurate when he thinks he is not wrong. For often he feels right when he actually is wrong. Moreover, he may not be wrong when he when still feeling. It may be just his feeling and not actually not factually grounded at all. Whatever he feels, he must test it out for sure so as to know where he really stands. The child of God should adopt a neutral attitude towards every accusation. He should not take any action before he is assured as to the source of it. He must not be hasty. Rather, he should wait quietly for assurance as to whether it is indeed the chiding of the Holy Spirit or but the charge of the evil spirit. If it originates with the Holy Spirit, he will then deal with it honestly. The believer's presence waiting is due to his uncertainty and not to rebellion. Nevertheless, he absolutely must resist making all confession to men which is motivated by sheer force from outside, for the enemy often tries to compel him to do this. <clears throat> Real conviction from the Holy Spirit leads us to holiness, while the aim of Satan is solely to accuse. Okay, wait a minute. Real conviction from the Holy Spirit is to lead us to holiness. In other words, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, there's a purpose behind it. It's to draw you to closer to God, to help you clean up your life. But when Satan is accusing you of something, it's basically just to get on your nerves. It's like that, that fly, that, that the mosquito to keep bugging you. Or you're on a peaceful thing that's flapping. It's just slowly to get, just to get on your nerves and, and to keep you just agitated. There's no purpose to it. He indicts us to make us indict ourselves. His motive is nothing other than to make Christians suffer. Sometimes, after one has accepted the enemy's imputation and confessed accordingly, Satan may next fill him with false peace. Okay, wait a minute. So you ain't done nothing. It's basically getting on my nerves. And then, I'm, I'm, then I start agreeing with it and saying I'm, 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 I'm sorry for doing something I haven't even done. And so now, again, talking about the, whole, the, the, end, the end game result, talking about deception. So now he's getting to accept what he's doing. Sometimes after one has accepted the enemy's imputation and confessed accordingly, Satan may next fill him with a false peace. This is no small danger for the bride's a believer of any real contrition over defeat. The reproach of conscience ceases once the sin is confessed and cleansed by the precious blood. But the accusation of the enemy continues even after what is accused has been dealt with. The former leads us to the precious blood. The latter drives us to despair, causing us to reckon ourselves irredeemable. The purpose of Satan is to engineer our fall through accusations. Since we cannot be perfect, sighs the believer, then what is the use? You know what? I'm done. I give up. Why even try? You know what? Just look at look at all the schemes that the enemy is using to get us to stop. 
all the different tactics he uses just to keep us neutral and not moving ahead. Mm-hmm. At times, the accusation of Satan is added to the rebuke of conscience. The sin is real, but when it's been treated according to the mind of the Holy Spirit, the accusation continues because the evil spirit is joined to the indictment to the approach of conscience. It is therefore a matter of utmost concern that we preserve an uncompromising attitude towards sin, not merely yielding no ground to the enemy to indict, but also learning how to differentiate between the reprimand of the Holy Spirit and the accusation of the evil spirit, and learning how to distinguish what is exclusively the enemy's charge from what his charge mixed in with the reproach of conscience. We must realize most assuredly that the Holy Spirit never approves further if the sin is cleansed by the precious blood and forsaken. And that is our lesson for today. Now I'm going on mute. Maybe I let a song play because y'all, that's just like a whole lot. So I just let a song play. How about that? Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. sound like a process to me. And it is. Going through metamorphosis, 
we can be on the right track. On we can be on the right track of going into a good metamorphosis. Go into one for where we're lost. We never find ourselves out of the maze. <laughs> you know what? When you said that, that's another thing too. And I can say for me, um, when you said the word maze. Mm-hmm. Trust. When you said the word maze, you know, trust in the, the process and trust in the steps, you know, you, you, you can go through things and it's like, am I ever going to come out? You know, it just seems like things are, you know, are, are not getting better. Things are not changing. You know, let me off. Mm-hmm. You know, but the process, the maze, you know, again, trust that that comes back to your relationship and trust in God. So it's it's like it's not just a single thing. It's a bunch of things that occur. You know, it's like you know, I'm I, am I I'm getting darker. Things ain't getting better. But you're still trying to hold on to God. You know, so it, it's it's the maze is a good word that I like because you're hoping to come out of it. But are you really going to do it or not? Yeah, true. Now, it's one thing, you know, especially with you talking about this. I was sitting there dancing with the stars on Monday. And it just amazes me on how when they get somebody to dance that may be impaired, mm-hmm. let it be by having missing limbs, or either they're deaf. You know, they got something that, you know, they're, 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 they're missing a few things. It's amazing to me on how they can go ahead and be pretty much, be you know, be on point of uh, be that doggone close to it better than somebody's got all their faculties. The guy who they have on this season He's deaf. But the music is if he can hear. Mm. They asked him, they said, well, yeah, we had somebody on before that was hearing impaired. And um, they said they went by the beat. They can feel the beat. He said he can feel nothing. But he was able to keep up as if he actually could. So, you know, like they say, uh, for technology, it makes our lives easier. No, it makes us lazier. Yeah, because I agree with you on that. Huh? I agree with you on that. Okay, because the major thing for where a lot of this stuff is made is for people who do have disabilities, but they don't use it as much as the people who have all their um, capabilities. Now, here you can get a blind person. And they 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 go on faith, they go on um, faith and their belief twenty four seven. But meantime, we have our eyesight, and we still stay in the turmoil of worry. Now we can see what's in front of us. We're not seeing the big picture that's in front of us. But then here, a black man can see more than we can. He don't even have his. He don't even have his sight. 
So like I was talking to someone the other day, they went and they had gotten the um, so-called smartphone. And I asked them, I said, why are you getting this phone? It has a whole lot more to it than what you even going to use. So why, so why waste the money to get it? And they was like, well, this is what I wanted. I said, but you don't even know what to do with it. I said, now, first off, guess what's going to happen? About two or three things. Meantime, since you're not challenging it, you shorten the life of it. And he said, well, how am I doing that? I said, just like with a sports car. If you don't put it on the highway and blow it out, you wind up messing up some mechanisms once they're, if they're not challenged, then it starts to break down of other things that you do use. And they were like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Well, I didn't have to pay that much. I said, you go under the contract? They said, yeah. I said, yeah, they got you. They got you real good. But see, out of the fact, he didn't know. When I was trying to explain it to him, he didn't want to listen. When it finally settles in, he's going to be mad, but, hey, somebody tried to tell him. He didn't want to listen. He got all caught up in the so-called image. If we take our everyday things and we get down to the basics, we will go crazy because we got so used to the comfort. But if we was given a certain amount of money to live off of for a day or for a week, it will be hard, but if our minds stay focused, we'll make it go ahead and work for it. Um, Classic example, the depression. Um, The white folks always felt like minorities could take a little and do a lot, so that's why they never tried to pay them more than than that little pinch. The white folks felt like they needed more. Well, when their more bottomed out and they had to try to live off of a little, they went crazy. Some committed suicide. Some just totally lost their mind. Because they, they were too stubborn to, for change. So in order for us to be blessed, we have to go through those trials. We have to go ahead and try and, and you know, take that little and make do. Once we do that, we'll get more. And once we learn from that, it grows. But just to sit back with a hand out and act like we're privileged, that don't last long. But as the statement goes, when you know when you when you know better, you do better. And if you know better, you don't do better. It's not as if you didn't have opportunity opportunity to do better. You just decided to stay within yourself and be in stuff. And it's also called free will. Is that this? It wasn't that you wasn't invited. You were invited. You just chose not to stay and to get fed. Okay, comments, criticism, Sam? (laughs) Hello, Sam? Yeah, I'm here. 
here in prison? You trying to break up what? You had any comment or criticism? Oh. <laughs> no. Okay. <sighs> Anybody else got anything? Good morning, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Um, the only thing, you know, what, uh, listening to to the reading and then Renee, um, the one thing that stood out was the word focus. You know, if we if, if you had said that you took your you gave your um your, your testimony, Sam, that was the part that really stood out to me about how you took your focus off of the situation and basically you let God handle it instead of you trying to you know, continue to work it the way you knew how to work it. You left it alone for God to redirect your step on what to do. So then when you went back, it actually worked. And that's what we have to remember. Sometimes we can overthink something. Mm. We overwork something. And we have to we have to step back and we have to, you know, let God help us reevaluate the situation. Because we're too close to it, and then he he then like you said, what? But once you went back to it, he had already show, he showed you exactly what to do, and it worked out. So we have to remember that once it once something stop, doesn't work, we can't give up. We just have to step back and let God help us refocus, so that you know, so that we're we can stay on track. And that was all I had. Amen. All right, anybody else got anything? Nobody else got anything, then uh, we can do prayer requests. Okay, Sam, I'll go before Lisa um, beats me to the last. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you said you'll go last before Lisa beats you, huh? All right, who's first? Uh, I'll go first, please. Okay. I like praying for Fifi. Rambuya <laughs> 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 
<clears throat> drip, drip, drip. <clears throat> you know, do you know what Chinese water torture is? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Yes, I do. So that little drop of water continuously just can get to a point where it's, it's torturous. You know, you know, it's just like you know, if somebody poured a bucket of water on your head and it stopped. You know, you might be upset for that moment, but it, you know. You'd be, right, you'd be able to group and go on, but if I just take that little drop of water, just one drop, one drop, one drop, in the same spot, after a while it becomes torturous. Hmm. That's just how powerful that one little drop of water. Can you envision that? Okay. Well, let me ask you this. What if I said, in the reverse sense, instead of Chinese water torture, that the Holy Spirit is giving you a drip, a drip, a drip. Now, on the flip side, we said that little drop of water over a continuous period of time became torturous. What if that drip, drip, drip that he's adding to your life? Hmm. Can you see that now? Yes. And I need you to see it with your spirit, since we're in there, with your spiritual eyes. I need him to reveal, because, see, that's literally what he's doing inside of you. He's dripping. See, he's not coming in an overwhelming flood in your life. He's not coming and just giving you all of a sudden just this whoosh, now you got all this power. But what he is doing, he's going drip, 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 drip. Mm. And, and, see, as he's doing that in your life, you're just slowly unseeing changes, doing things, seeing things, hearing things, smelling things. It's just, you just, just, it's just, see, what he's doing is continuously. Because mm. he said, now, I can't give all of this to my daughter all at once. Because for one, it would drive her crazy. <clears throat> Two, she would not be able to handle it. And she definitely wouldn't understand it. <clears throat> but if I just continually drip, 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 she will grow into this. It will flow through her, empower her, and she can uh, understand it. And we were just talking about learning the giftings of the Holy Spirit and how to discern things and how to hear things. See, God gives us our spiritual gifts, but it's up to us to, to grab hold of them and learn how to use them. So as he's dripping into your life continuously, he, he is continuously imparting strength to you. He is continuously imparting knowledge, wisdom, understanding, grace, mercy, and favor to you. As long as you avail yourself to him. As long as you let God be God, that's what he's doing in your life. Now, the devil, he's trying to tell you differently. The devil's trying to say, no, you can't, you ain't. Now, I want you to see this right here. And I need you to see what I'm about to tell you right here. See, this is a a thing that you can do, Felicia. The devil can Somebody unhit a button or something. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. 
Please try your call again later. Announcement 1. Switch to 0 1. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1. Switch to 0 1. Okay. So this is what I need you to see. You might be in a situation or a circumstance in which you you don't have enough. You're overwhelmed. Again, I talk about facts in the faith. That that you ain't you ain't capable at this point in time to, to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is sustain. Cause the devil don't want you to do that. Because see, as you're standing, that drip, that drip, that drip is constantly pouring down inside of you. That drip, see, 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 that's the part he don't want you to do. He wants you to lose your square, to quit, to go back. But no, when God wakes you back up, that drip, and you and you turn and focus to God, that turns on that drip automatically. Now, if you turn to Felicia, well, you ain't getting no drip for that day or that moment. But as soon as you turn to God, that turns that drip on. And see, the enemy sees that. So that's why he be, he be at you to make you turn around and quit. And you ain't got it. You can't do it. But no, all you got to do is just, just let me just stand here. Just let me just stand here. Just let me just stand here. I I my I had did this I learned somebody did this as a child and I had wrote it down on a piece of paper my daughter saw it the other day. If I were to pay you a penny a day and double it for thirty days, would you take that job? Now I'm gonna work the crap out of you, but every day I'm gonna double that. Would you take that job, Felicia? <laughs> A penny a day, but I'm going to double it for 30 yeah. days. Would you take that job? Yeah. Because, yeah. see, on, on that first day, I'm gonna, I, I, we do it. The first week, the first two or the first week, you know, mm-mm. second week, no. Because, see, you make one cent. Next day you make two cents. Next day you make four cents, eight cents, eight cents. 32 cents or what? That's about a week. That's two one cents, two cents, four cents, eight cents, 16 cents, 32 cents. So that's that first week you made a whole 32 cents. And they done dogged you out, beat you up, tied you up, but you got up and did it. How many people would have quit on that first week? All you made was 32 cents. That second week you made 64 cents, twenty-eight, fifty-six. I'm going to just round it off for simplicity purpose. $10, $20, $40. That second week, you made a whole $40. So you might have made a whole $50 with everything going on. You ain't even broke 100 for two weeks, but you done got dogged out. But now that third week, because that $50 all of a sudden turned to $100. The $100 turned to 
two. That two turned to 400. That 400 turned to 800. That 800 turned to 1600. That 1600 turned to 3200. That 3200 turned to 6400. See, now that third week, I think it is more than made up where you've got more than enough to overcome all the difficulties and everything that's been coming against you. But see, you had to stand and to stand there for, for those first two weeks just to get to the point where now it is benefiting you and you've got more than enough to deal with whatever comes at you. See, that's what God needs you to see. He needs you to stand and to stand there for, to allow that drip into your life where it begins to add up till you get to the point on that third week that now the blessings have overtaken you. You've got more than enough coming in to deal with whatever's got to go out. That's what I need you to keep in your mind. So you stand still for that one cent, that two cent, that four cent, that eight, because you're getting to the point where that drip is going to be more than enough to deal with whatever comes your way. And that's your prayer for today. Sam. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sam. Mm-hmm. And what all did that, it all, and what else did that cent do? <sighs> Mm. It made sense. He said it made sense. Made sense. And over time, it made a lot of sense. <clears throat> and then it made dollars. That is very, very true. strength to be able to stand and to stand there for Father give us strength the ability to God given strength the God given faith the God given everything Lord to help her to stand and to stand there for Lord to not get off the track as you are perfecting all things that concern of her. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Drip, drip, drip. I want you to remember that any time you feel like quitting, you feel like giving up, you just stop and go someplace and just go drip. Even if you got to say it, out loud, go drip, drip, drip. Drip, drip, drip. I see your water. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. It's a song I don't know. We go drip, drop, drip, drop, drip, drop. You might know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you hear that song, I'm pretty sure you have a whole another understanding. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. And Sam, look at the process of your water. Oh, thank you. All right, who's next? Me. Who's that, Pam? Erica. Uh, and, then you can, and then you can pray for Pam. Oh, uh, okay. I like praying for Erica. She's so special. I'm glad you get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 gonna start with your crew first. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna burn it up. Of me being kicked. Hmm. You get a kick out of me being kicked. Well, uh. Lady, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let me pray for Patricia Arnold. Run it again, did 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 again, let me pray for Jakira. Horani to go send it 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 to go send it. Oh, well, it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's funny because the reason I'm laughing, I mean, I'm going to say this, but <laughs> we made another enemy. <laughs> not that it really matters. Because, okay, not to say anything or whatever, but because we have chosen to stand in the gap on behalf of that child of God, it is making a tremendous difference in the death. In other words, like the enemy had full access to do whatever, and it ain't quite that way anymore. He's pissed. He's pissed. He's like, them fools at it again. I just, mm. So that, that's, that's, what, that's what's funny. So Father God, I'm running to go say to go say to go say to go say to run to run to go. But Lord, I ask for a hedge of protection around all our lives and seven degrees of separation. Father, run brush to go say to da 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 da. In Jesus' name, I say Amen. Me pray for Ridge. Run to go run to go run to go run to go say to go say to go run to go run to go say to go run to go run to go say to go run to go run to go say to go run to go run to go say to go run to go run to go say to go run to go run to go that's um, Wiley Horton and Thomas Lawrence. Wiley Horton. And Thomas Lawrence. Maria Mathis. And... 
Tony Eigner, how did it go? Say she to go, 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 send down to go, say she to go, say she to go, say she to go, go, and now Ora shere rambo saka rambo shere o kombo se harambo ke o lai. Well, see, I'm gonna just tell you, and y'all take it up in your private time. But God wants to start showing you things. Now, see, when I say showing you things, I'm not talking with just your spiritual eyes. He shows you a lot of things in your spiritual eyes and your spiritual understanding, and that's where you, you okay, God, whatever, you know, and you you move accordingly. Well, God was like, well, now I want you to start seeing some things in the natural as well as with the spiritual. <laughs> oh, Lord. Conversation before no laughing. Hey, look, 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 All I can say is evidently it's got his reasons for doing such. What I just said before, God is not one to waste time. So for whatever reasons that he is choosing for you to begin to see these things, it's purposeful. So, again, I know you and him going to talk about that. When I, I'm, you know, you ain't going to begin to get into it right now, but... He got his reasons for why he wants to do it. So so now, basically, I confirmed what you already knew, so now you can't say that you didn't hear him. <laughs> now she really going to smack me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I ain't supposed to be laughing. <laughs> so, okay, I'm done, Erica. <laughs> she ain't going to say nothing. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to pray for Pam next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, I ain't by my phone. I'm quite sure I'm going to get a text. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Time to pray for Pamela. Pamela, Pamela. You get some theme music too. What's your theme music gonna be, Pamela? Pamela? I thought we established that you were gonna stop singing. You established that I didn't. 
supposed to be in agreement. I'm in agreement with myself. No, that's not how that works. Well, you know, in Sam's world, <laughs> you know, that's a special kind of place. Yeah, you got a lot of people up there with you. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Pamela, Pamela, Pamela. Rombo shete you rombo. Well, okay, now that the joke is over, part of what I said applies to you as well about Erica. <clears throat> no, she ain't laughing at all now. Nah. Which part is that? Talking about seeing stuff. Mm. So that part of the prayer I only had to go through. So now, but what he needs you to understand, he is giving you power and authority over all things through Christ Jesus. So whatever it is that you will confront, recognize that through Christ Jesus you have the power. And so now we're going to kind of get into the Felicia. Whereas right at that moment, you might not be where you need to be or able to overcome, but if you will stand and stand there for that drip technique, it's also going to work for you. And that is my prayer. Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all, 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 like, y'all, y'all funny. <laughs> okay, who's next? Anybody else? Well, well, okay. Not I pray for Renee, and then we can get off the phone. <laughs> you know, I do that quickly. Ready, ready. Okay, you know, time for Nene. Let's do the Nene. Hey, do the Nene. Hi. Oh, okay. Ah, Father God, oh Rombo, open up Renee. Bo Rande de Casandaka, open her up, Father. Rande de Gosede. Father God, speak to her heart. Randana de Gorandesa, give her the strength and the ability to walk. To talk and to flow with you. Rombrande de Father God, you have chosen her to move. Rande de you are preparing her yet to be used in a great and mighty way. Keep her centered and still so she will hear and know your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before you get off the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh. That's fine. I put a T-shirt on up under, okay? All right. Ready to boil water. Yeah. All right. All right, Mr. Samuel, before you get off the phone. Good job. Good job. You did something that you've never done before, and you got excited about it. You walked away from a problem without trying to figure it out for yourself. And look at the outcome. Do not forget. Do not forget the feeling that you had where you didn't try to work it out for yourself, 
but you still got a desired end. Mm-hmm. Let that be your example of mm-hmm. what happens when you take your hands off of the issues that you go through. Mm-hmm. Remember, the battle is not yours. The war has already been won. All the battles are of me. All the battles are for me. But they're coming through you because he knows that you are my weakest link. You are my weakest link. Not just you, but all who stand for me. You are my weakest link, and he tries to get to me through you. But stand and let me fight the battle. Keep your hand off those issues that you can't figure out. Those are the things that are meant to distract and blind. Those are the things that are meant to make you forget that who I am is the one who is your source, that who I am is the one that will supply every need. Don't take your eyes off me. Don't take your mind off me. Take your hands off that which is supposed to be for me to deal with and watch me move, watch me work, watch me provide, watch me get strength, watch me just do everything that I said I would do. Know me. No peace. Hmm. Father, we thank you for this man of God. We thank you that you have given him all that he needs, that you supply him with peace and strength throughout the day, even when he thinks that he's on his last leg. You have given him that last refreshing. You have given him his second wind to get through everything that he needs to do in a given day. Everything he gives out, gives him back in 100%. Everything he lays his hand on, let him prosper. Father God, we just ask that you'll watch over his family and the seven degrees of separation, that them and theirs shall also be in good standing with you for your glory and for his good. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Anybody else want to pray for me before we get off the phone? Hey, I was um just um wanna get my stuff from my classroom. I just finished I just actually just got back on like right now, I'm sorry, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. I just got my stuff the rest of the stuff from my classroom. And I just had to just hey, 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 hey <laughs> So I just, you know, just let go of some stuff, just because I didn't want to argue stuff that I knew was mine. And, you know, when I'm like, you know what, keep it, whatever, consider it a gift. So if somebody would not mind praying for me in this moment, because um, I think I need a prayer right now. All right, Cece, you up. Uh, you said me? Mm-hmm. That, that's your accountability partner. <laughs> Oh, you funny. Okay. Um, okay. I'm getting, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm, so now that it's over, like it's over, 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 I'm just like, ugh, okay, I'm prepared, I'm bracing myself. Okay. And it's mm. 
Thank you, Lord. Okay. So you don't have to go back, right? No. I got I, I got everything. There's nothing to go back for and I even left a couple of things that were really important just so I wouldn't have to press about it. Okay. So now that this door is completely closed, you don't want to be salty. No, I don't. And, I, and that's in attitude or in spirit. Because as in the days of Noah, when the Lord came to uh, one of the things that he, that the, the angel of the Lord said when he told Lot to run, excuse me, run from the city, he told his wife and, and all of them, do not look back. It's in the looking back that we become salty. And when I say become salty, whatever the situation was, that hurts, the whatever the situation was, that 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 angers, if we look back on it, that same desire, that same feeling comes up until we're able to let God deal with it. We cannot look back. We can't. It's, it's, it's just as simple as that. But now that the door has closed, you need to let the door stay closed. You need to let the door stay closed, and you need to let God seal that door because he has already opened so many more. But the thing, cause the thing is, if you continue to look at that door and the shoulda, coulda, woulda, the door that he is opening and has opened, they have, uh, you know, there is a time and a season for everything. You don't want those doors to begin to close because those opportunities are there because God ordained it to be so. But if you can, it's 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 just like a picture. I, just like a picture I saw, there was there's a little girl and she has this really small teddy bear, and Christ is there with a big teddy bear behind his back, asking her to give him her small teddy bear, but she doesn't want to let that teddy bear go because she's like because I love it, and the whole thing the the caption at the bottom says. We he can't give us the the more because we want to hold on to the little. This too shall pass. This too will will go uh, you know on the lines of okay this happened, you know everybody affected has gotten through this issue. Don't let it hinder you and don't let it hinder God. So Father, we come for. Lisa, right now, and Father, we ask that you will give her a peace about this situation, oh God. This door that you have closed, help it be closed in 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 her life, help it be closed in her spirit, help it be closed in her emotions, oh God, and help her to come to an understanding and a peace about it so that all that you have for her 
will will be accepted. All that you have for her will be acknowledged and worked on, Father, so that she won't she won't forget and she won't miss anything that you have aside for her to do in this time. Father, we ask that everything that in her family goes well, all the issues of her life, Father God, we ask that you would give her resolutions for them as she comes to you in her prayers, O oh Lord. And we ask that you watch over her mom and her children and her seven degrees of separation. Father, make sure that everything as far as health, finances, and family all line up. So as she aligns herself up with what you want her to do in this next stage of her life, that she is well aware and well conscious of all the choices that are available to her. For her good and for your especially for your glory in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Yes it was. Hi, My daughter said hello, Felicia. Hey, good morning, Morgan. How are you? Okay, Lisa. Yes. Remember you, me, and Erica had that conversation? Yes, yes, I do. And you were like, I don't know what it is. And we were like, well, yeah, we don't either. That's between <laughs> you and God. Right, right. Yes, I do recall that. Okay. Where are you at now? In the car. What are you doing? I'm sitting here. Okay, are you not driving? Mm-mm. Good. Okay, because you're about to begin to discover some of what it is. Hmm. Are you ready? Mm, yeah, okay. All right. Father God, bu shabur rendire oko baka shoko drosi arambaka ha. Hunye ramboko rende he horambo shakinde abo teramboka deragoda horambo teke hande kerambo shakandi rokosika horambaka ha ha. Now begin to move in her Lord. Hande begin to move in her Father. Hushange kerara begin to stir that up inside of her Lord. Hinduka kerara kandoko. Now. Stir that thing up. Mm. Stir that thing up, Lord. That's it. There it is. It's beginning to move. It's beginning to stir. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, it's mm. it's mm. beginning. Mm. That's it. Let it go. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Release it. Release it. Mm, don't hold back. Don't try to understand it. Don't try to figure it out. Just say, let it go. I'm letting it go, God. Repeat that. Just begin to say, I'm letting it go, God. Mm, I'm letting it go, God. You just continue to repeat that thing while God is moving. You continue to, oh, that's it. There it is. Oh, God. That's it. I am letting it go. I am letting it go. That's it. Let it go. Let it go. 
Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it out. Let that thing out. Let God move. You don't have to understand this right now. The understanding will come later. Right now, you just need to release and surrender. Remember that term? Yes. Surrender. Surrender your understanding to him. Surrender your focus to him. Surrender your life, your will, your nature to him. Surrender that to him. There you go. Nah, there you go. Shut it up because I'm almost done for now. Just let it, let it in. There it is. We're almost done. That's it. That's it. That. Okay. Now just begin to take deep breaths. Anything you want to say right now? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still, I am letting go, and I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just back to, okay, whatever. Because I can't, in, in the words of my girl, I can't do nothing with that. I just gotta let him do what it, what he's gonna do, because I'm tired of trying to figure. I'm t- I'm done with all that. It's whatever, man. Hey, hey. Because clearly my way has not worked, and my figuring hasn't worked. And since I didn't make none of these people, I can't figure out nothing. Okay, let's let it go. And that's okay to let it go. It's okay to say I can't do nothing with that. I get that now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Both of you all, I sincerely thank you. Felicia, it's Friday. That's all I got to say. You know what that means. I'll be talking to you later, sister girl. Felicia? She's still here. I don't know. She had, she had to get off. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything else? All right. Anything else going once? 
Huh? Lisa, why don't you pray for my child? Where you at, child? Um, okay. What? Yeah. For Morgan Marshmallow says she wants you to her too. I don't know what you said, child. Open up your ear. Child, open up your mouth and be clear. What the heck you got on? Oh, boy. Hmm? Good morning, Lisa. All right, good morning. Good morning. I don't hear you there. What you say? I say good morning, dear. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, y'all. Hey. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know, what I have to say real quick, and then I'm done, because I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm going to say just one thing, and it's something that I'm going to speak about. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say this because I'm in the grocery store now and I had to do that to walk around for a minute so I can go back to the school and take my dog on Eagle that I just left, that I paid for, but I didn't want to argue that. Let me say this. Um, one thing that God has shown me is especially, and probably because this is the, you know, the resurrection and, no, and Easter, there is no Easter. The resurrection um, season coming up on the ascension and so forth, the trial and all of that stuff. Um, one thing that he's showing me is how um, when Jesus, and I'm going to actually speak on this at the breakfast um, that we have in the church. When Jesus was on trial, well, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, we all know how that went, right? Um you know, he was praying, God, would you please let this cup pass over me? He, but he knew that it was something that he had to do for the fulfillment of the prophecy. All right, we got that, right? Basic stuff. Um, but also, when they were coming to get him, to put him on trial, if you will notice, um, when he was being questioned and when, you know, when he was being put on trial, everybody else around him was on trial too. You know, they... They knew they were going to go get him, but then they went to Peter, uh, questioning him, you know, oh, uh, Judas, you know, they, okay, I wonder if he'll give them up or give them some money, you know, that type of stuff. So when you're on trial, it's not just you. Everybody else around you is on trial. Everybody else that you have so-called in your camp is on trial as well because everybody's looking to see how it is that those people around you are going to react to what is happening to you. They're trying to see the force, the strength of the people that you have around you. Are the soldiers around you in your camp weak? Or are they strong? Will they give you up? Will they not? Will they not? Are they going to, um, are they going to hold you up or are they not? Are they going to back you? Are they going to run? Do they have your back? 
That's what he's showing me, that, you know, that's the situation. When you're on trial, everybody around you is going through the trial as well. And so what I was just, what he also showed me was, um, and this reminds me of when Sharon was going through her situation, people that she had, you know, prayed with, gone out with, done all types of things with, when it came down to her trial, some of them were the very ones who were against her. Some of them were the ones who spoke out against her, or they just was nowhere around when she needed them. And, um, you know, I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of noticing a little bit of that now, you know, thinking about how throughout this process, um, by and large, the people who who uh, I thought would reach out and support me and stuff, they've done that. But what's been interesting is that some people that I never respected, some people that I thought would be glad to see me go, some people, you know, they're they're getting my phone number and they're texting me on the low, like, oh, my God, this is making me sick, or we really want you to come back, or I I need to tell you that I really miss you and I'm sorry that, you know, all these years that I never told you what a great teacher I thought you were. You know, so people that I never expected are coming out and, and sharing love like that, you know. And on the flip side, there's a, a couple of people that I'm shocked that I've never heard from. I'm shocked that I haven't heard from them. And so these are the times when God really um, wants us, you know, whenever, whatever your trial is, of course this is mine, but we all have different trials. We all have different um, different opportunities for us to see you know, who's really in our corner and, and who's really in our camp and who's really in our company. And so what God is telling me to share with you all right now is that when you're going through your trials, be open up your eyes and be aware. Kind of really take a note on who's around you, what they're saying, what they're doing. Are they making the situation worse? Are they telling you to pray? Are they just telling you to, you know, whatever? Um are they upholding you? Are they tearing you down? All those types of things, because he's um, he will allow he will allow situations to happen to you to yes to give you strength, but also so you can make the appropriate changes. Clean. Remember we talked about house cleaning, so you can um, know what to keep and what not to keep in your house as well. Because if you if your house is cluttered with people who should not be in your company, then it does make it a lot more difficult. It can make your process a lot longer for him to take you where it is that you need to go. Amen. Okay, y'all, sorry. But that, he just placed that so thick on my heart right then. We share. I'm done. Hello? Y'all hung up on me? No. 
I'm like, they hung up on me. They ain't want to hear me talk. Uh, hello? Hello. Okay. I didn't know what was going on. Huh? I said I couldn't tell somebody was still on the line. I'm here. Okay. Who was that? I have no idea. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Hmm? Sorry. <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, no. May I please have some prayer? Who is that? Morgan. Morgan, why are you talking like you possessed, girl? Like I what? Didn't know who you, I said like you possessed. I didn't know who you were. Can I please have some prayer? Like, <laughs> who is that? Girl, you scared me. Jesus. I'm like, who was going to do, Morgan? Hmm? I was asking who was going to do. Um, yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, I'll do it. All right, you ready, girlfriend? Yeah. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning listening to your daughter, Morgan. We we don't know what she has need of this morning. I feel like there's a specific... There's a specific need, there's a specific something. I don't know. We don't know what that is, Father, but you can, you can read her mind. You know what's in her heart, and you know what her desires are this morning. So we just ask that you go in and that you just use your microscope to see what is going on with her this morning and what it is that she has in need of, what it is that her heart desires. And, and we just ask that you just give her the strength to be patient and wait to hear from you about whatever it is her desire is. Just give her patience. And we know that that time, there is a time in teenagers' lives when there's just drama, trauma and drama. And that's just kind of what it is. <laughs> Um, especially at her age, and so we just give her uh, to you. We want you to come. We want you to just give her the strength and the wisdom to step outside of herself, to step outside of herself, to step outside of herself and approach and handle the situation according to the way that she's been taught and the way that she knows that you will have her to handle. 
we just ask that you just show her and remind her that while some other young ladies may not know Jesus, she knows Jesus, and she's been taught of hope. So she is aware of how it is that she is supposed to behave and conduct herself, and that there is an accountability. She's not a baby anymore. She's almost a full-grown woman. So just remind her that there is an accountability when a person knows what to do and makes the decision or the choice to do otherwise. So we just ask you to give her the strength and the courage to just stand and to do the right thing, no matter what others around her may be doing. And we ask to touch her tongue so that she say those things that are wise and those things that are appropriate in the given situation that whatever it is that you place upon her heart to say and to share may positively affect the lives of those around her and that she would be a light to bring those individuals to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Y'all still here? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, we just trying to figure out what's going on. It just got quiet all of a sudden. So y'all supposed to be praying for her. And I don't know what happened. With I did. Oh, okay. All right, well, anybody else got anything? Can you say she's on the press, man? Huh? All right, who? Did I have Fanny on the phone too? Fanny. Uh yeah, hold on. Hey Marshmallow. Fanny Marie, you on the phone too? Okay, guess not. Okay. We all in attendance. All right. Father God, speeding things up in your life. Speeding things up. In, do you speak in the spirit, girl? I know you can. Do you do it? Do you practice it? No. Well, you might need to start. Ooh, that's trouble. That just scared me. <laughs> <laughs> 
trouble. I know you're capable and you've done it before. You might need to start doing it because what's going to happen, God is speeding things up, or I'm going to say things are getting sped up, some by God, some whatever. But I'll trust and believe that his hand is on all of it. But in order for you to keep pace with the things that are going on, you need to begin to speak in tongue because now what's going to happen, you're not going to be capable of fulfilling the things that are going on or keeping your peace, and you're going to start stopping, and then you're going to blame things and situations and circumstances. No, that's not the case. You have the capability of, of accomplishing all that is in front of you, but you must allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through it. If you walk under your own understanding and strength, you will fail, you will miss it, you're going to get frustrated and upset, and you'll become stagnated. Amen. Amen. And she doesn't want to talk to me no more. Hey, Sam. I've been with the child in a while. Huh? Yeah, her, her and Morgan hanging out together today. Yeah, I know. I was already trying to look for my wallet. <laughs> I didn't know that hard. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Anybody else got anything? Can you do Shanice? Sure. Russia go rambo candle go de gun rander go say she done it again to the gun 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 to the Okay, that also regards Shanice. I think what's going on in your whole household as a rule, as general, God is doing some shifting. And and so that over, just like I talked to Christy, the same with Shanice, you need to begin to tap into that. It's available to you because whatever shifting is going on in your household, you need to discern between what's from God and what's not from God. So, again, we talked about this on the line earlier about testing the spirits, testing the experiences, testing the thoughts and imaginations that are running through your mind. You need to put before God everything, not only is it what is from him and what is not, but how you should handle it. Amen. Amen. We receive that. All right, who's next? All right, going once. Who's next going twice? Oogie dokie, Smokey. Well, y'all get out of here, and I'll talk to y'all later. Everybody have a good day, as always. All right. Peace. Have a blessed one.